0: All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die.
1: This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance
2: Twiddle. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball.
3: Touchdown,
0: Kansas City. Hands with freaking Mahomes, baby. Uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. Tuned into the spoken.
1: This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host Lance Twidwell here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good, Mister Eddie Ortiz? Yo, yo, yo. Miss Gad on the ones and twos, guys. Episode eighty-five. Let me just tell you right now, this one's gonna be an absolute blast. Uh, some unprecedented. Uh, things are about to go down tonight. We have two guests, which is a very rare thing for us to do. In fact, I think it's only happened one other time. We had Jay Binkley and Ryan Witowski on our show from 610 Sports Radio all the way back when it was just the OG podcast days. And speaking of all the audience and the listeners and the viewers, to all of our live streamers, YouTubers, and podcasters, welcome to your home away from home. We are so glad to have you here. Trev, Eddie, how are we doing tonight, guys? Oh, I'm doing
2: pretty good. Doing, doing pretty good, man. You
1: guys having fun? Uh, you guys a uh, do you guys prepare for tonight? I mean, mentally, emotionally, physically, did Trevor do you do any reps at the house? You I purposely any... came unprepared. Unprepared. Just perfect. It, just that's, to keep it authentic. That's the exactly, best way to yeah. be prepared is to not prepare yeah, exactly, at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not stretching before a game. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the perfect way to be physically ready you and guys able yeah, you know, that's
3: that's... The to. Yes.
1: So vote for us. <laughs> Welcome to our little uh, little show here in the basement, if you will, guys. We, we, we need to start, though, because before we hit our awesome, awesome guests on the show, I have to say, guys, that I, I, I'm not, I've never been this excited for an episode. I've been, I've been fiending for this show. But we need to start somewhere, first and foremost, in regards to the Kansas City Chiefs. We all love the hits. The songs that get us moving, making us feel good, bring us back to the good old days. For whatever whatever reason it is for us, and whatever it might be, they brighten our day. And I was thinking to myself this week, which artist or band has the most number one hit singles of all time? So I went and did what any person that wants actual answers does, and did a tiny Google search, and I discovered that, to no one's surprise, the Beatles still hold the record for number one, the the most number one hit singles with 20. 20. I was baffled by this number, even after considering how insanely famous that band was, but, but damn, guys, like, they officially broke up 50 years ago and still hold that record. But do you know how many tracks they put out that weren't number one hit singles? I know you don't know, and neither did I, so guess what I did? A little Google search again. Come to find out, the Beatles released exactly 213 songs. 188 originals, and 25 covers. Which means that the Beatles had 20 number one hit singles and 193 decent or even below average songs as well. And again, this is the band with the most number one hit singles and still only made a banger one out of every 11 times. The Chiefs are the Beatles. Since the 2018 season, there isn't and hasn't been a team in the NFL that's had more hits than the Chiefs. But even with this fact aside, the Chiefs have had their throwaway songs, if you will, or better known as, at the Chargers in Week 2, or versus the Patriots in Week 4. These games weren't great, and no one should ever try and identify them as anything close to great. But with those games comes games like Week 1 against the Texans, when they methodically hung 34 on the Texans, or Week 3 in Baltimore when the Chiefs hung another 34 against a Super Bowl darling with relative ease. That was one banger. But see, even with the comparison, John Lennon and the boys from Liverpool made a hit less than 10% of the time. This season alone, the Chiefs have put out a banger 50% of the time. I get it. The Chargers game and the Patriots game were not fun. They weren't fun to watch at all. But to take it at an even deeper level of understanding, we have to see the forest through the trees and comprehend that the Chiefs are playing the long game with this regular season in particular. I realize that Chiefs fans aren't used to being a fan of a perennial Super Bowl contender, but that's our situation now and for the next decade plus. So we can't over-obsess and over-analyze every single regular season game because the Chiefs have to get used to these games to prepare for the playoffs, not to mention that the Chiefs will get an A effort and more times than not an A game from their opposition because of the target on their back. So, although the average below song, below average songs, or in this case, average to below average games may not get us moving, they may not make us feel good, they may not bring us back to the old, the good old days of February of 2020, they will lead us into the next number one hit single, or in this case, the next great performance against a worthy opponent. So, my challenge to my fellow Chiefs fans is to view the season as an album. This team has plenty of number one hit singles left in the tank because they know that in order to run it back, they will have to go platinum in back-to-back seasons. So get back because when it comes to the Chiefs, just know that she loves you. You just have to let it be and let's come together right now and let the record play all the way through. I am so ready for tonight. Are you guys ready for tonight, man? I'm ready. I don't know about you guys. I tried to do a backflip before the show tonight and I, I about cracked a, a vertebra. Is it a vertebra or vertebrae? One of those? I, I think I cracked both. I think you have vertebras and vertebrae. I broke both of them, and uh, a femur, and a tibia. I had the whole set, you know? So I'm ready for tonight, guys. I hope you're ready, guys. This is going to be a fun show. When we get back, we have the one and only, the OG Cheese fan, the season ticket holder from freaking Flintstone days. Mr. Shaggy Shane Williams from the Shaggy Shane Show. We're going to get his thoughts on all things Chiefs. The first quarter of the season is already done. We're going into week five. We got some big games coming up. I need to get some thoughts from Shaggy Shane. So we'll get back to that after this.
2: What up, son? What Yeah. Back
1: at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host Lance Twidwell here inside the KCP and studios. My guys Trevor Twidwell, What's good. Eddie Ortiz, good. the one and only Mrs. Gatt on the ones and twos. We got our guy Shaggy Shane about to join us momentarily. Um, but in the meantime, I wanted to bring up something to you guys real quick in regards to uh, the last few games of the Chiefs and and kind of what I was speaking on in the first episode or the first uh, segment. Mm. And it's something I truly do believe in. Um, I I do believe that the Chiefs are methodically using some of these games. I've been using that word a lot because I see that in, in the body language of the Chiefs and how they've approached each and every matchup. Having said that, I do believe that there would be a difference in how these games would have been played because I've been hearing nonstop that had Cam Newton played, the Patriots would have won that game. Mm -hmm. Well, if the Chiefs would have brought the same energy against the Patriots, I would have agreed. But in the same regards to Terod Taylor and how they game plan for him all week for Week Two's matchup, there's a difference in approach and how the Chiefs have to do this. And quite frankly, I appreciate that about them, that they know that they're going to win these games against backups. They They didn't expect Justin Herbert to be that good so quick. Yeah. Having now said starter, that, now yes, now the starter and and Anthony Lynn, by the way, is eating his freaking words on that whole thing. But, I mean, do you guys do you guys see it the same way that, that, that this is all about approach with the Chiefs and how they're taking each and every game and, and almost experimenting, in a sense, with their offense, with a new rookie running back in Clyde who didn't have an offseason to really build upon and ease his way into this offense. I feel like almost there's like times during even the Patriots game where I felt like the Chiefs just were so certain they were going to win that game against Brian Hoyer slash Jarrett Stidham that – Let's let's try get Clyde involved in these types of games. Let's get him in the offense. So where that way we're in the later parts
4: of the year where it's colder outside and it's in the playoffs, he's comfortable in this offense. I'll start with you, Trevor. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a known fact of, with Coach Reed withholding plays for specific matchups. I mean, we I've called that every single time we play. Uh, when we got up for the Brady uh, Belichick games, you know, there was always something we would pull out. And, you know, Belichick's done that as well. He's had stuff like that, you know, put away for big matchups. We saw this year with the Ravens. Um, I mean, I, it's – yeah, absolutely. There's – you can call it playing it – can, you can say it looks like we're playing down to our competition, mm-hmm. which it'll seem that way. I do think we had a, a, a bad game offensively, though, against the Patriots. I feel like we kind of got too comfortable, and we just kind of became lethargic throughout the game offensively. Our defense obviously was incredible um, and did what they needed to do and played the cards they were dealt um but yeah no i mean it i think it's a known thing dude i think it's a known thing that that we we if we know we can coast through a game and just play the vanilla offense like i uh, against the Chargers. obviously that was a little close for comfort but i think we i think reed is confident if we know we need to break the game wide open we have we have those plays set aside to where we can break the game wide open de- you know de- depending on which defense we're playing against but yeah i i absolutely agree for sure
2: yeah i agree uh I I like Trevor Trevor mentioned uh, not just to, to really say the same thing sure. over and yeah, over yeah. again. I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh Andy Reid is great at, you know, holding those plays when when they're needed, you know. Um, uh, he likes to experiment like uh you can say that the Ravens game was the only game where you actually saw those playoff plays that he uses. Yeah. Sure. Uh and then week one, week two, and uh, this last week we we've seen him experiment with the running game, mm-hmm. you know, trying to uh, throw, throw throw to Clyde and Which know, we haven't just, even done much of exactly. That yet. We haven't exactly, yeah. so we're still in the, in that learning phase. You know, it's still you know it's still just what week five now. So we still got a long way to go, and we know how how Andy Reid gets towards the end of the season. But I will
4: say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Looking forward to this Raiders game, we have seen Andy Reid just love to lay it on Gruden. Oh, absolutely. it, break it wide open Raiders. And we're definitely going to talk about that. But the funny
2: thing about that is that, like, he doesn't do anything special against the Raiders. It's just who Mahomes and the the offense is, you know. Just to interrupt you guys, we do have
3: Shaggy Shane finally on the line. All right. All right.
4: Hell yeah! Make sure out. that our yeah, guys you there. We can't
3: have Raiders Week without
1: Shaggy, right? <laughs> Is he, uh, let's, let's get those headsets on.
2: Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy.
1: Can he hear us?
3: Yeah, he's connected to audio
1: right now. So, hello. Hey, Shaggy. What man? What are we doing? What's up, brother? How are we doing tonight?
0: Terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we are we are live with you tonight, man. Uh, just. Oh, gosh, you gotta love live, don't you, buddy? Isn't it the best? We just got you on right now. We got, I see he's got the Shaggy Swaggy you look Club. Great, man. You look great. He's in the Shaggy Swaggy Club oh, where everybody yeah. knows him. Right buddy. per usual. The YouTube festivities never stop with our guy, Shaggy Shane, on the Shaggy Shane show. How are we doing tonight, brother?
0: Oh, good. Just trying to get up the setup stuff. You can see why I never go live. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was my bad, Shaggy. No, I literally threw you in. It's the pr-
0: that's, that is what's organic about being on live, man,
1: is that people are seeing you. And the unpreparedness. I mean, we deal with this on a weekly basis, especially on my end. I mean, you, you got to be kidding me, man! But let, let, let Shaggy, let's let's get right to it, man. Uh, last week's game, in most regards, was a clunker. Yeah, the the Chiefs didn't look great offensively. Now, now, as I've stated before, I don't think the Chiefs put their A game on display due to knowing that Cam Newton was out, and I do believe the Chiefs would have repeated a performance similar to the previous Monday in Baltimore had Cam played. But but Shaggy, there there is a growing trend. When it comes to the Chiefs and the Patriots, and more particularly when it comes to Mahomes and Belichick, Uh, in the first eight first-half quarters against Belichick of Patrick Mahomes' career, he has one passing touchdown. Now, obviously, Mahomes always finds the edge and turns it on in the second half, but this is something that needs to be discussed, especially if, by some miracle, these teams end up facing in the playoffs in January. What are your thoughts on the first-half deficiencies that Mahomes has faced against Belichick?
0: I think it goes uh, without saying that Belichick is an amazing coach. I mean, we can sit here and say, yeah, he's a cheater. Yeah, he had Tom Brady. But as I said on my show last week, look what he has done with the losses he has had in his career with Richard Seymour, uh, Ty Law, uh, Mike Brable. Every time we thought the Patriots are going to be troubled trouble because they lose somebody, on defense they always step up. If you got a high motor if you got a strong motor and a high IQ on defense, Bilichek's going to put you in. He's going to implement a scheme. And you're going to come in and you're going to take over and you're going to be successful. So we have seen uh, about Patrick Mahomes. We've seen Patrick Mahomes down 21 to not 24 to 9 in the game two years ago in October in New England. What did what did Patrick do? He puts up 31 points in the second half. But it wasn't enough against Bob Sutton's defense who kept letting us down wow, the AFC championship was bad, 14-0 Patriots in the first half. check was owning him. Tyreek Hill even had a 48-yard pass to Tyreek Hill getting us down inside the 25-yard line, and uh, the timing between Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams on that wheel route was a chance missed to score in the first half because, consequently, Patrick Mahomes took a 14-yard sack on the next play and took us out of field goal range. And At halftime of that game, it was 14 nothing. Uh, Last year was kind of an anomaly because the chief, he, Chiefs had twenty points in the second quarter against the Patriots. But back at it again last Monday night, where it was, it was back to Belichick, you know, showing different looks. And Tony Romo kind of, he kind of, Tony Romo didn't want to point it out at first because he wanted to see if the scheme that Belichick was running was going to keep being successful against Patrick. But Tony Romo evidently or eventually alluded to the fact that what the defense is doing, you know, I don't have all 22 to show you right in front of me. I'm sure I would hope that, and I'm sure many chiefs fans or NFL fans seen that as well as other NFL defensive coordinators seen what Belichick was doing to, I don't want to say confuse Patrick, but just showing him different looks that, you know, implemented uh, definitely kept the Kansas city chiefs, you know, out of the end zone in the first half.
1: The chiefs have a lot of great players on the roster. Uh, but outside of Patrick Mahomes, there may not be a player greater and more consistently great than their superstar tight end in Travis Kelsey. And, and we could talk about how great Kelsey is and how he's on pace to have yet another all-pro season and, and that he's on pace to easily continue his unprecedented uh, streak of 1,000-yard seasons uh, for a tight end. But I, I want to revisit an older discussion you and I had <laughs> on an episode of the Shaggy Shane Show all uh, the way back all the way back to april of 2017 when you had suggested that maybe uh, the chiefs should entertain a trade scenario with kelsey and other suitors and other team suitors so the chiefs could potentially trade up in the first round of the 2017 draft and your biggest reason for this idea and i don't want to quote you you can obviously you know tell the story as is was due to the kelsey's due to kelsey's inability to show poise and not lose his cool and not fly off the handle with any level of consistency quite frankly show some leadership on a consistent level Shaggy, if you could, give us your thoughts on the maturity that we've seen Kelsey take on and apply in his routine, both professionally and personally, over these last three-plus years.
0: Well, the last three years, we could even go back four. You know, 16 was really the last year where he really he had some, outbreak. He had some uh, temper tantrums on the field. And specifically to how I was feeling in 2017, uh, it's important to remember what we were feeling at that time. Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was showing a world of potential after the you know after the 2016 season, but in that season we had him. Uh, he had him, we had him throw a, his uh, wristband or a bracelet or something at a referee on a play that he thought should have been an it's offensive pass interference penalty. It should have, it could have cost us a game that we needed against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we hung on. And Andy Reid really gave a Travis Kelsey a good schooling on the sidelines, you know. Because he, he, you know, we knew that was unacceptable, and so did Coach Andy. So did Coach Reed. And in the playoff game, the Chiefs were facing third and nine because a incomplete pass has happened. And I was up in the upper deck. The Chiefs' defense was holding the Steelers to six field goals, and a uh, Travis Kelsey shoved down the defensive back, causing a third and ten or third and nine become third and twenty four. And uh, when they when he was walking off the field, Justin Houston, the team leader at the time. You know, he had to get in uh, Travis Kelsey's face. Like, man, you can't be doing that. You can't be, you need to act like a pro. So going into that draft, there was some question of, is uh, the immaturity of Travis Kelsey at that time going to continue? And uh, we were concerned, and at that time, I was thinking of just ways to trade up in the first round, because I didn't think it was possible for the Kansas City Chiefs to trade up from 27 to 10. I thought if Patrick Mahomes slips, it's going to have to be maybe to 15 for us to grab him, but you know as well as I do. We did that mock draft show five days before the 2017 draft when you and me were the only ones in Chiefs Kingdom banging the drum for him to get a quarterback. I will say my good buddy Nick Gillespie was pounding the drum as well. But you know we used our format to sit and discuss how are the Kansas City Chiefs going to draft a quarterback in the first round, and specifically to Travis Kelsey. I just thought maybe you could throw that in. You know I I I wasn't a Kelsey hater, but there was just a legitimate concern about. It. Travis Kelsey, and uh, in the last three years, especially, wow! Yeah, I mean, he's the first tight end in NFL history to have a thousand yards uh, four years in a row. He could easily make that five. Tony Gonzalez talked uh, after Tony Gonzalez's third season as a Kansas City Chief, he went vegetarian, vegetarian vegan. He went all in, and you know, Travis Kelsey, when the Chiefs drafted trap or when the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Tony Gonzalez in April of 1997. His last year in the NFL, my youngest daughter was a junior in high school. So Tony Gonzalez really, really did all, went all out to have a longevity of his career. As to where Travis Kelsey, I'm I'm not going to tell him to be, be a vegan. He loves to drink beer. He loves to eat his barbecue and his meat and potatoes. But if Travis Kelsey can do the right things and stay in physical shape, I think he will shatter Tony Gonzalez's entire career, his entire uh Stats, alone. This is something I've talked to Trevor
1: about a lot over the last few years because I believe after the 2016 season, I really started to entertain the thought in my mind that Travis Kelsey could end his career legitimately as the best tight end that the Chiefs have ever had. Now, statistically, I don't think that's probably going to happen because, I mean, Tony G's numbers are just absurd. At at the same time, as time progresses – Travis Kelsey's playing in a league that is more friendly to open space. And if he stays healthy, especially with the fact he hasn't missed a game since his rookie year of 2013, he keeps right. that health
4: pace up. I mean, Trevor, are your thoughts on that? I mean, Well, I mean, Travis Kelsey already accomplished the biggest goal that Gonzalez wanted his whole career, and that's getting a ring. You know? So he's already on pace for his records. He may not get the receptions, because the receptions are absolutely absurd for Tony G. I mean, as far as his entire career. But yardage... I mean yardage. He's gonna pay. I, I, if barring health, there's no question in my mind that Travis Kelsey's gonna beat him on the yardage. The touchdowns and receptions. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of numbers to try to catch up on. But I, I mean, and I'm a Tony G guy growing up. That's my that was my all time favorite player growing up. But as far as talent goes and consistency and overall skill set, Travis Kelsey is the better player in my mind. I just think right, right. I just think I just think Tony G's his physical fitness and the way he took care of himself and his ability to be an Ironman and always be out there. Travis Kelsey the same way outside of his early years, starting off with a knee issue, but outside of that, Travis Kelsey's been the best in the game. It's not even a question. So right. he's definitely on pace. I don't think he'll catch up with receptions and yardage or receptions and touchdowns because Tony G that's just where he thrived. Um, right. So, but yardage, I definitely think, and I think he's going to be the best. Obviously, the best tight end well, in Chiefs
1: and, history. And, sure. and to add, and to, to kind of add to this uh, point that we're trying to make here, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Shaggy. When it comes to wide receivers, when it comes to tight ends, I think a lot of times we get lost in the raw numbers as to how we rank these guys. But it's very, right. circ- it's very circumstantial, very uh, situational. Because there's a lot of great players at those positions that don't have great quarterbacks or great situations. Whereas you have average, just below or to, to right above average guys that get great quarterbacks and great systems that shine for me travis kelsey is the guy that started with an average quarterback alex smith in his tenure with kansas city averaged 15 touchdowns a season that's that's half of travis kelsey's career to this point that he's had average quarterback play now that he's got a great quarterback to me i want to see what he can do as a guy that's a recipient to a great quarterback and all we've seen is all pro seasons and having the greatest streak we've ever seen from a tight end so shaggy is it more of the quality or quantity for you when when ranking these players at skill
0: positions? Between Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey? Yes, in particular. Oh, oh. I think as long as Travis Kelsey sticks with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to break every record. But the quality and quantity, I mean, we could dissect and pontificate that until midnight. You know, Travis Kelsey will... Break every tight end National Football League record. I mean, like I said, he's already got four over one thousand. It's never been done by any other tight end. Uh, I guess we'll go quantity because I think Travis Kelsey will uh, continue to uh, break records. And uh, let's remember, he like you just touched on, Lance. He missed his rookie season, and that was a concern, you know, because Sean McGrath, our bearded brother, was the guy, the veteran that they had to fill in for travis kelsey and uh you remember sean mcgrath came oh, back in dark days but, <laughs> yeah still though yeah. i mean it, the fact that he missed his rookie season and still became a, a legend you know he's already probably going to be the best tight end in the national football league especially if steak takes good care of himself yeah. i know there was talk about him uh becoming a vegan in the off season i know that that's was talked about early, but it came more newsworthy when he broke up with his girlfriend, and I don't really care about that personal stuff. But I would like to know if, if he's really going to be a vegan, and or like you alluded to in March. So, well, the jury's still out, but right now with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey is a man on a mission to be the best tight end in NFL history.
4: Well, for me too, I just want to throw in there, the, the biggest thing here in this conversation between these two players is impact. And I think, Travis, Kelsey's impact, I know we had great offenses with Trent Green and and Tony G, and those were fun offenses to watch. But this is another level. These are all-time offenses. I know that was an all, they had a couple all-time offenses there in the 90s with the Chiefs, but this is on a different level. This is right. must-watch TV, and he's the key cog in this offense. He's the number one target for Patrick Mahomes, who might go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. So we have... Possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. The number one target being possibly the greatest tight end of all time. I just think the impact there is going to overshadow what t- Tony G ever did in Kansas. City. Absolutely. Well, Shag- Shaggy, uh, we we did just like yeah. we did back in early September. You put out your
1: official uh, 2020 NFL predictions on your channel, uh, which uh, by which by the way, you guys need to follow my guy Shaggy Shane uh, KC, I believe, is your YouTube channel if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Shaggy,
0: Shane, uh, just Shaggy Shane on YouTube, Shaggy Shane Casey is much Twitter, but thank you, go ahead. Absolutely, uh,
1: and, and something you predicted is something I've li- seen literally no one else predict. And that's that you believe that the NFL will experience a stall, or rather a temporary shutdown, due to the pandemic we're still facing here in, in, in America, and quite frankly the world. Um, Shaggy, you, you've now seen how the NFL as a whole has handled the positive COVID tests. Are you still sticking with that prediction now that you've seen it?
0: Well, I had on my Labor Day prediction show. Thank you for bringing that up. I had the Chiefs five and one at the COVID nineteen pandemic four month break. Uh, it's not something that you want to predict. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, and I don't pretend pretend to be one on YouTube. But we are just seeing it day by day. It you know a thousand it seems like a thousand people die a day by day. So when I was going over my predictions, seeing how things were going, the NBA put it in a bubble in florida and how the baseball was i just felt like with the contact of the players being involved that maybe by week six i'm not like i said i said maybe by week six i feel like by week six the nfl is going to face a four-month COVID 19 suspension I hope we're six and oh though i don't want to be five and one at my prediction Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think it would not surprise me. Would it surprise you, Lance, Trevor? Would it surprise you if at all if they said, we are going to suspend the NFL until further notice for probably two or three months until we get COVID-19 uh, in line to uh, being able to play again? Would it surprise you guys? I, I,
1: I will say it would, it would significantly shock me at this point in time, period, because of the fact that the NFL has had multiple opportunities in several months, quite frankly, to watch how other leagues have have, have done and handled uh, the pandemic, and you have the MLB who had multiple breakouts, and they still are in the playoffs now. And one of the teams that had maybe the biggest break uh, uh, breakout with the Marlins made the playoffs, and they ended up leaving unscathed. Right. So so I think the NFL, what they're doing is they're almost hedging their bets a little bit because right. they, all, they know that it's not just that easy just to move the Super Bowl, and it's in early February every single year. So right. I, think, I think what they're believing is – Everything's just going to get better. Now, that could be foolish, and it probably is. But if they can, if they can watch a league do, that does literally everything wrong in the major leagues, find a way to get into their playoffs, and everything's going fine now without really doing anything different than any other league outside the, ML, in the NBA doing their bubble, right. I have a feeling the NFL is hoping for that same type of luck to fall upon them. So, at this current time, it would shock me that the NFL would take that type of action, knowing what kind of money is lined up for them and, and as, as things are as is. But should it happen, if things continue to go the way, let's say we have another team that has the Titans type of breakout, then I'm going to get on your side and say they need to probably take a couple months to break this out, uh, you know, to get these things through. And that way they can start over again, in, in a sense, and then start talking about bubbles. That's where I'm at right now. I'd be shocked.
4: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if. Well, what we need to do is just cancel the season for the Titans and the Raiders because those are two programs that just don't want to follow the rules and abide by the COVID, you know, restraints and and orders. Um, But I mean, I think I think the NFL is trying to bring back some kind of order by these hefty fines and the coaches and these staffs and these front offices that are just. I mean, we have team-only meetings and you know, maskless parties being thrown you know it's just it's it's absolute negligence and it's irresponsible and the, these players want to play this season and want to get game checks yet they don't want to abide by the rules to acquire those game checks it's just it's bewildering to me but i i would be surprised if the, if the the entity that is the shield to suspend this the entire season just cuz it's something we've never seen before as far as and outside, i I don't I don't I wasn't saying boy
0: this is going to be so exciting and good it's just the fear and it's just how two thousand twenty is trending and man, I don't want it to happen. No, yeah. But I predicted a four month break at after six weeks NFL schedule. So uh, I got I gotta to stick to it because that was my prediction on my channel. So we'll see what happens. Lord, please don't let me be right on that. Let's get through it somehow, some way. Yeah. And get the Chiefs down to Tampa in the Super Bowl in February. Yeah. Not getting them to win the Super Bowl in April, like I did in my prediction show. Get the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl in February. Please, guys. That'd be Where's nice. That'd
1: be nice. Now, now, that, now that we know, or at least we think we know, uh, that the Chiefs and Raiders game is on this Sunday, uh, what are you watching for and what are you expecting to take place in this matchup?
0: Dominus over Derek Carr continuously at Arrowhead Stadium. He's lost it, man. Derek Carr, he's lost it. Since he's broke his leg on Christmas Eve 2016, he hasn't been the same quarterback Uh He showed such promise in 2016. He was in the MVP running with Matt Ryan, if you remember. And since uh, his offensive lineman rolled him up in that game, he hasn't been the same quarterback. I realize on Twitter he's kind of a doofus by blocking people. He doesn't know how to handle the criticism from fans. But that's a whole different argument. That's a whole different debate. And i kind of like to stay out of it. But I know we laugh about his behavior (laughs) on Twitter. But on the field, Derek Carr just isn't the same. He just... He isn't the same, and I wouldn't be surprised. I know you talked about it, Lance, on your show when the, the Raiders signed Marcus Mariota and when Marcus Mariota eventually takes over. We know the GM who was high on him, so I could see that happening. And for the Sunday, I think the Chiefs win 31-6. to We'll get back and show them what they're all about. Ooh. Oh, well, we're going to
1: definitely talk about that tonight. We yeah, have a, yeah. we have another guest coming up tonight, Raider Cody. Six we're going to points, definitely get his thoughts man. on that. I, I like that prediction, Shaq. I do. Uh, I, I have a question that kind of veers off uh, from a matchup standpoint, but more in the the coaching ranks, if you will. Right? Is, is Eric Bieniemy going to finally get his shot at the NFL head as an NFL head coach? And if so, where do you see it headed?
0: July thirty first, two thousand twenty. I was a guest on the Spoken with Lance Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz and the great Trevor Treadwell. I said, Eric Bieniemy will go to Houston Texans and be their head coach next season. And the reason why I predict it, and I'm going to stand by it, is because Bill O'Brien screwed that organization up. You guys have gone over the trades. He's botched and players he's let go. It only makes sense. I'm not pulling this out of my buttocks. When I, make, when I made that prediction at the end of July that Eric Bienemy will go to Houston. It makes too much sense. If I'm the owner of the Houston Texans, I want my quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to have a head coach like Eric Bienemy. Eric Bienemy knows how to run an offense. I'm sure he knows how to run a team. He was this close from getting the Tampa Bay job two years ago before Bruce Arians came out of retirement. Eric Bienemy had, had two interviews with the Buccaneers staff. But like I said, Arians came out of retirement. BNME wasn't looked at last year by anyone we know that was a bunch of crap Eric BNME is ready to be a head coach and John McClain the Houston Texans beat reporter said tweeted out Monday night Eric BNME needs to be the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs showing me that the great John McClain was listening to the spoken podcast <laughs> July 31st with Shane, Shane Lance Eddie, and the great Trevor
1: J- John McLean, friend of the show I think yeah, we all get yeah, friend, friend of the show I also loved him in Die but Hard it by the makes way. too much
0: sense it makes no, too much no. sense I mean I know, Lance. I know you wanted him to go to the Jets, or you think it does, and that's understandable as well. And I respectfully disagree, just because Deshaun Watson would be perfect with Enemy. But make your point,
1: my brother. No, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, the Texans make a lot of sense for me, though. The problem that I'm hearing out of Houston is that they also are, are really setting their eyes on Josh McDaniels. He still has ah. a a lot. Of, a lot of people love him, even yeah. though he's wow. totally screwed the Colts over. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's still a lot oh of God. people.
1: Yeah, there's still a lot of people that really are on the Josh oh, yeah, McDaniel's wow. bandwagon, and we don't even need to get into the whole race side <clears throat> of this whole thing, which we know it has played a factor in Eric Benningman not having a job to this point. Regardless, for me, the reason why I thought the Jets was a perfect opportunity for him is because they have a young quarterback. I know Deshaun Watson's a young quarterback, but he also has a, a, a series of injuries in his career. That can be a concern. Not only that, the Texans have... Bill O'Brien ran that franchise into the ground. They don't have draft picks. They don't have a lot of money. Their the roster's thin. For me, Eric Bieniemy going to that team, he's taking on a lot. Now, I know the Jets are thin as well, but they have a ton of cap space. They have a younger quarterback than Deshaun Watson without knee injury. Injuries. it's a bigger market and for me it's just there's a lot for Eric. Mann. It's not ideal. I would much rather him go to the NFC and you know coach the 49ers. A loaded roster, but that's not really available. And quite frankly I don't yeah. think I don't think he's right. going to get that. But I, I right. could definitely see the Texans if they open up the <clears> door for him. I can see him absolutely do it, but for the record, I'm not bitching about having him for an additional year or two because he only makes this team that much better, and I feel like the guys love him and respect him as if he was a head coach here in Kansas City. Um, yeah, but but moving but moving to the rest of the regular season, if you will, a- after the Bills game that's coming up now that's been moved from Thursday to Sunday in uh, Week 6, the Chiefs face one more team after that game with a current winning record in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe it's Week 12 or 13. Shaggy, I try my best to avoid these conversations, but with this team being so great, they arise naturally. Do you see the Chiefs ending the season at 16-0? If
0: we stay healthy, there's nobody who can stop us. I would say the Saints, and I would say Tampa, but if we stay healthy, there's nobody who can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It, 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 like even last week, when we were down, when we were up six to three through the long part of the third quarter, you felt not, not as a homer. You felt we're just kind of playing with them. Patrick's about to go Patrick here in a minute. And of course he hit Kelsey for 42 and Sammy Watkins on a couple of third downs. And of course the play calling, but if we stay healthy, I think the Kansas city chiefs could win every game. I hate predicting it because <laughs> you know you don't want to be that guy. And, I already had the Kansas City Chiefs fourteen and two on my prediction show, but I could see, I could see, the Chiefs of course winning the rest if we stay healthy.
1: Well, I, I know in our, in our prediction show uh, I had them at fourteen and two. I believe all you, all three of us had them at fourteen and two. Uh, right. my, my losses were to the Bills in Buffalo because of the short week. Now that that's gone to a Sunday, and the Chiefs end up being the team with more rest. Crazy as it right. sounds. Uh, that's going to be an up-in-the-air prediction for me. The other loss that I had, the Chiefs, was way later in the season against the Saints because I thought by that time, I was actually on the opposite side of you in the pandemic prediction. I thought that we were going to start seeing more fans in the stands and that the Saints were going to have their fans, and it was going to be a tough game for the Chiefs at the end of the season. Plus, they they wouldn't have a lot to play for because they'd have a couple games cushion on the next team with the best record in the AFC it was just going to be one of those games where the Chiefs lose. I'm revoking that one completely. I think the Saints are frauds. I don't believe in that team. I think the Chiefs are going to go in there and lay that lay an ass beating on that team in week, I think, 15. So... I, I, I'm with you, Shaggy, in this one, is that I don't want to initially predict it. I don't want to say that it's going to happen. But this is going to be one of those things where if it does, in fact, happen, it makes all the sense. Like The, the pieces fit because this team is so great. And I've always stated on the show, and I will continue to state on the show until proven otherwise. The only team in this in, in the NFL that can beat the Chiefs is, there, is themselves. They are the right. only team that can legitimately beat themselves. Beat them as themselves. So... I'm going to be with you. I don't know how you guys think, feel about that, but I, I'm going to stick with that as as the as the belief that, that that the Chiefs
4: are if they win every single game, that's how it's just it, it's just it's it's not a shock. I don't, what do you think about that, Trevor? No, I mean, yeah, at this point, and it's definitely encouraging after watching you know that the Los Angeles Rams move the ball pretty consistently and, and good against in that second half against the Bills. If that offense can do that, you know McVay can find ways to 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 scheme that offense with that quarterback, you know. Uh, a system quarterback that is Jared Goff. I can only imagine what Patrick Mahomes' intangibles, you know, escaping the pocket and evading that pressure and making plays outside of the pocket. What he can do against them. Uh, I, the Bills look beatable to me still. I mean, I know they're probably one of our toughest matchups, and we already we already eviscerated our our the toughest matchup of our our schedule and blew them out. So um, I'm encouraged, and I don't, I, it's easy to be to walk away from last last week's game a little discouraged from our offense, but at the same time, you got to take. Yeah, it's it's a weekly game, right? So, we we get up for these games against these big time matchups. we never Patrick's never laid an egg against a a tough opponent that we are walking in expecting a big game from him, and he always he always shows out. So,
2: right
4: at this point, yeah, I fully agree. There's nobody that can stop Mahomes but Mahomes. There's nobody that can beat the Chiefs but the Chiefs. So, I'm I'm with it for sure. Uh,
0: No, Lance. I want to back in 2017 when you sat down with me, and we were banging the drums for the quarterback. And people were like just saying, you know, let's just stay with twenty-seven and pick up a corner. You know, we really were the only ones who were Trump beating the Trump for a quarterback and we wanted Mahomes before the draft. And when we drafted Patrick Mahomes, we lost our minds and we still continue to lose our minds with excitement because he's the best. You know, throughout the months that followed the draft, you and I made friends with a gentleman by the name of Pat Mahomes the First. Uh, And he's been super cool to us. He's been on the Shaggy Shane show numerous times. And I appreciate you joining me for those shows, holding my phone as a camera, making those shows possible. I got to be valuable somehow, man, you know. (laughs) Right. You became, you you know, you're friends with Pat as well as myself. He's a great guy and he's a fan of the show. Uh, We interviewed his intelligent lovely and talented little sister, Tanisha Mahomes, uh, last November on your show by phone when I was sitting with you in the Spoken Studios. I want to let you know uh, what Tanisha Mahomes is doing now. She is currently working with, and, and this is what I want everybody to go follow. Everybody go follow Edge Sports Market and Management Team. They represent clients, and Pat Mahomes is the first client that they have reached out to and Pat Mahomes is now with them. They are dedicated. Let me read this here from their top page here. It says they're they're a firm dedicated in delivering top level service that gives their clients an edge. And if Pat Mahomes is going to be their client, then they're on to something special. I had a chance to talk to Miss Linda Dorsey, who is the leader of this page along with Tanisha, to find incredible women. You know that as well as I do. And uh, maybe sometime in your uh, in upcoming weeks, I'm not going to tell you how to, uh, who you're going to have guests on your shows, but maybe you could reach out to uh, one of them and have them on their shows to tell you more about their firm and their product and what they do for sports.
1: That's a great idea. Uh, and, I, and I love the thought that Tanisha is going to come out here and drop knowledge on her own network, her own show, uh, it only makes sense. I mean, that family is just loaded with talent. So, I mean, what, what are we to expect other than greatness to exude out of a, uh, a Mahomes? So that's, and I, and we love Tanisha. We'd love to have her back on the show as soon as possible. And she knows that uh, she's dropped nothing but knowledge every, when, when she did come in uh, that one time with us. And obviously Shaggy, we appreciate you being a conduit uh, in right. many, in many regards, man. It's been, it's been nothing short of amazing. And I, I've absolutely loved developing these relationships uh, with the greatest quarterback of all times, family. So, uh, definitely excited yeah. for, definitely excited for what the future's holding you know man what makes the future even brighter is, is looking back at the past sometimes and realizing where we've come from and there's no <laughs> there's nobody there's nobody better to go to than you my man and that's why I'm so glad that not only we can have you on the show but I can send you a brother and friend somebody I can confide in and we can talk about Chief stuff but we can also talk about life things and I and I definitely appreciate your relationship and you taking the time out of your busy schedule and Tracy allowing this to take place as well for you to come over right. here and hang out from the shaggy swaggy club we we definitely yes, love yeah, and bro. appreciate that and one last question though Shaggy what's that who is the real MVP
0: little pat <laughs> <laughs> and I only said that I only said that because that's what t- on we were at On the Spoken, when I was in your studios, and Tanisha was great, she gave us a long 30-minute interview, she said, we call them Little Pat. So I dedicated that to uh, Miss Mama Cindy, Betty Mahomes, who, when she came to Kansas City, she said their biggest thrill was meet me. And I'm just a Chiefs fan with a YouTube page. I'm nobody important. But the fact that Patrick's grandmother is a big fan of my show, as well as Pat Mahomes Sr. and his little sister, Tanisha, that humbles me. Because I'm just a Chiefs fan, with like I said, a loudmouth, with a YouTube page, and uh, like Tanisha said, they call him Little Pat. And we, when we, when I put that song together, I came up with a chorus, and I know that's what you're talking about. I came up with a chorus, and I sent it to uh, Zach Pearson, my daughter Tara's boyfriend, who makes music, and I said, "Can you do? Can you do me a favor? I got this chorus, and I sang him the chorus, and had him write the lyrics around it, and my youngest daughter Tabitha made the video, which was perfect, but." The little pat is in honor of his Pat trick side of the family. His dad's side of the family calling him Little Pat, so that's where that's from.
3: That's awesome, Shaggy. This is Gap, by the way. Hey. Um, we've got Linda Dorsey here that's been watching the show, and uh, she says shout out to Edge Sports Marketing Management. She'd love to be on the show. So thank you for making that happen, Shaggy. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. He's the conduit,
1: I'm telling you. He is the conduit. He's thank what
0: you. makes he's what makes things happen.
1: I love it. You're the thank elixir, you. brother. But-
0: but hey, you know, back to 2017 real quick. You know, six months before the Chiefs, me goes, You know who we are, you, Clay, and me. Clay is my best friend for the last 16 years. When I told him I was going to say, Hey, I, I even reached out to Clay privately, and I still got that message saved. I said, Hey, Clay, I'm going to have Lance Quibble of the Spoken on my mock draft show, and we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs getting a quarterback in the first round. What do you think, Clay? And Clay said, I don't know, man. We might want to bite the bullet a year and wait for Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold to come out. And I said, No, Clay. You got to get Patrick Mahomes.
1: <laughs> it ain't Patrick Mahomes. Patrick. And, and, and I'm freaking Mahomes.
0: <laughs> yes. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm not calling Clay out. It was just between me and Nick Gillespie. And then when me and you sat down five days before the draft, look back on that, that show on YouTube because. We, we were just losing our mind we were demanding it yeah. and it was like a, it, it was like a spiritual calling that day because i woke up that day knowing it was going to happen and i was texting back and forth with you lance and i said john always thinking about trading up and you said no john oh he probably will and i said no fit fa- no lance have the faith yeah. it's going to happen yeah. and then an hour later in rap of course starts saying uh, the chiefs are talking about moving up and then our planets lined up we lost our minds I ran, but when they said Patrick Levon Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes' name, I ran out in the back and it was raining. I was wearing socks. (laughs) I DVR'd it, but I didn't even see Patrick put his hat on. Just because I ran around in the backyard screaming with so much excitement that I lost my mind. because I knew that this kid was going to take us to championships. He had the moxie, and the reason why I wanted him so much over Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky was because he had the gun to go up top. And the Chiefs just lost a playoff game in the divisional round where Tyree Kill was running down the middle of the field, and Alex Smith didn't see him in a two-point divisional round loss. It just made too much sense that we have to get this kid out of tech.
1: Yep. I believe our uh, YouTube video uh, from April of 2017 has been airing on uh, ESPN Classic <laughs> over the last couple of days. So, so, we're doing something right, Shaggy. Yeah, <laughs> <at>, buddy. <laughs> no, that is that is our guy, Shaggy Shane. My brother, I love you to death.
0: Uh, love you too, man. You are, you, you,
1: are, you are the absolute best, man. Seriously, I mean, I mean that you're the best human I know, and uh, you're 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 the OG, man. And we 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 just thank you so much for being here with us, and and we we we'd love to have you every single week, man. So. Uh, really appreciate you coming in here and sharing some knowledge and giving us your thoughts on all things Chiefs related my my people everybody everybody that's watching and listening follow my guy Shaggy Shane man hit him up on Facebook YouTube Twitter he's got it all man he he is the he is the Chiefs fan if you ever want to see a representation of a Chiefs fan it's my guy Shaggy Shane so Shaggy thank you so much man for being here we really do appreciate it love you Lance love you brother and speaking of representation we have our guy Raider Cody coming onto the show Right now, right this very instant, we're gonna take a quick break. Actually, I'm lying to you. We got our guy Raider Cody ready to go, man. We're, we're, we're so excited. Is he online actually right now? Absolutely, we're gonna go to break and we got our guy Raider Cody coming on. We'll get back to that after this. It. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, good. Eddie Ortiz, good, good. and Miss Gad on the ones and twos. Um, we just had our guy Shaggy Shane on the show, and that was—I mean, every single time it feels like we're just hanging out in the living room talking sports with that guy and uh, a great friend. And I definitely—I hope you guys, all Chiefs fans, just follow my guy Shaggy because he—he has the experiences that you definitely want to hear all the highs and lows of the of the Chiefs organization. He's like I told you guys, he's the ultimate representation. And, and again, speaking of representation, I am so glad and so honored to have our guy. A big time Raiders fan, a podcaster uh, out there, and I I believe it's Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. We're gonna get that corrected. If not, our guy Raider Cody is joining us tonight to talk some Chiefs versus Raiders or Raiders versus Chiefs, however he likes to put it together. Nevertheless,
4: Chiefs week, Raiders week. (laughs) We got
1: our guy Raider Cody. Let's give it up for our guy Raider Cody coming onto the show, Kansas City show, coming into enemy territory, if you will. Raider, Raider Cody, how we doing tonight, man?
5: I'm doing good, man. you're right. It definitely is enemy territory, and i'm I'm fired <laughs> up man it's it's on our it's chiefs week bro. it's chiefs yeah. week and and it's it's one of those things where we talk about this thing, and you know Derek just said it not too long ago that uh you you want to call it a rivalry, but we haven't won too many games lately, but no matter what, when you look at the 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 division and what's going on here, what do you guys look forward to Chargers week? No, <laughs> like you look forward to Raiders' week, right? Absolutely. so it's one of those things where this is it, its authentic. Um, and I've had probably some crazy back and forths with, with so many Chiefs fans, dude. Like, it, it's been nuts. And I like purposely even like trolled the entire fan base this week just, just to get a stir because I enjoy it. Like, I love, I love friendly banter. Like, division rival banter to me is like why we watch football. I, I like I'm I get so amped up for games like this. And even yeah. though like you guys are, are are playing at the level that you are, um you know, we're hopeful. We're we're excited about our move to Las Vegas and, and we love the weapons that we've added and we're looking forward to seeing how we match up against you guys this week. Uh so I mean it, it's Friday, man. I, I'm getting off of work. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy Saturday yeah. and I'm ready for Sunday. It like that's all I is. got.
1: Well, now that we know the COVID scares are over with and I was getting really worried that they were going to try to force this game to be pushed back. something, I was getting really scared of that, but I'm mm-hmm. glad that we have our Sunday intact noon here in uh, in Kansas city. I believe that'll be what 10 o'clock for you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 10 o'clock. But so Cody, what we like to do here, we have this little, not a rule, but a, a way of going about it. When we have our, when we have a, a, a guest initially show up on our show, we like to give them an opportunity to kind of let the viewing audience, you know, let them know who they are and what they're about. And everybody obviously knows that you're a Raider fan, but l- give us some insight of, of how you became a Raider fan. What got you to start podcasting and basically be a voice uh, for your team that you love so much? How did Raider Cody become Raider Cody?
5: Oh, uh, man. From, from the womb to the tomb, like I like to say. Like, you just, I came into it. My dad was a big Raider fan, um, have just enjoyed going to games. Uh, just like your producer had said, coming into this, uh, you know, she went to the Coliseum and you almost feel like, you know, you're, you're a part of the culture. Like, it's amazing. Like being in Raider nation, especially like what we've experienced, uh, you know, the last handful of years um, in Oakland at the tailgates, uh, the fan base, it's absolutely nuts. It's like a family. Um, So it's, I'm easily drawn to it and I don't know what it is. I, I guess I enjoy the, the almost heart attacks on Sundays I don't know I feel like I've never watched a Raider game in my life that even if we're winning it's like a super close win or it's 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 something that's something crazy is going on um even like whenever we played you guys last year it's like you know we're we're getting uh oh we're like oh we're we're going to we're going to shut you know Pat Mahomes down the first quarter like oh let's go we got a we got a game on us and then it also, suddenly like lights us up a quarter and it's like oh, okay we're going to take a roller coaster down the other direction and, and that's how it is almost like every single time, every single Raiders game. And, and sometimes we pull off the win. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get the momentum going back the other way. Other times we don't. So it's, it's for whatever reason, I'm, I'm addicted to this craziness on Sundays. Um, and obviously crazy enough to deck out a freaking studio and, and do a show just as you guys are for your, your team. So um, I don't know. I think we have a lot more in common than we want to admit.
1: Oh, we, we love the no game of football first and <laughs> yes. foremost, man. So we're brothers in arms in that regard. We're just on opposite ends of the aisle, if you will. But nevertheless, yeah. man, we're, we're, we're here and I'm glad you're joining us because we got a lot to, to break down with all this. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've grown up personally here in Kansas City, as crazy as it might sound, I, we, Trevor and I, we're brothers. We grew up around a lot of Raiders fans. And most of them, from my experience, have, have been uh, very proud and confident in their team. Uh, now, now yeah. in, particular, in particular, you're widely known as one of the more optimistic and uplifting fans within your own fan base. Now, I don't know how old you are, Cody, but I'd have to imagine you're not older than 30, uh, which means that the majority no. of your life, you've never see, you've seen more downs and ups when it comes to the team yeah. you love. Having only one winning season in 17 years, zero playoff wins since 2002 in the Super Bowl 37, since the Super Bowl 37, it's been rather rough for you guys to say the least, but not to mention, you know, the team moving from from Oakland, and it seems I think this is like the second or third time this has happened, going to Las Vegas. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's been rough for you guys, but I have to ask, what, what keeps you so drawn to a team that's quite frankly let you down more times than not of, of recent memory?
5: You know what's crazy is how you describe it. It sounds kind of depressing, but in the same breath, like our rich history and how we treat our alumni, how we do things, how we enjoy football games, how we enjoy ourselves on game day um, – you know, hey, maybe the product on the field isn't always 100%. You know, maybe we've only had like one or two promising seasons in recent years. Um, But in the same breath, that's kind of, I guess, like, that's what makes Raiders fans awesome. You know, we got there and we we enjoy ourselves and we understand that everything is bigger than football. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like how we kind of go into the attitude um, of knowing that we can go on game day and we can have a good time and enjoy family, like family first, Um, watch some good football and, Hopefully we compete. Hopefully we do some good things and watch ourselves build. And even with the moves, man, like uh, I understand like moving cities seems like it's rough, but we've done this before. Like LA is probably like where the biggest portion of our fan base, even still, like you go to the Bay area and they're kind of split with the Niners. Um, and we still have obviously a large following from the Bay area. And now we're going to a city that in my opinion is going to be maybe taking over the NFL, like low key, like, you know, as soon as you start having a draft in Las Vegas, why would you want to have an NFL draft anywhere else? It, no matter what point. you do. It's fair. So point. It, you, maybe you have a Pro Bowl there. And it's like, well, why are you going to want to go anywhere else other than Las Vegas? Because nobody is going to do it better. Um, so making these transitions, making these moves, um, I guess I find myself optimistic because I just genuinely enjoy just flipping on the Raider game and seeing the outcome and seeing what's going to go on and on. And um, you, you, you bring up recent history, and it's like one thing, but it's like, hey, we can see we're like, hey, we got – you know, three Lombardis, we got all these, I mean, really like historical players. Um, And I can even say for you guys, it's like, yeah, you got a, you know, a good powerhouse team, but um, how much, like do you guys, you know, bring up past players or honor them or do different things. And I feel like that's kind of like where the Raiders have an advantage as an organization, Um, you know, really just honoring guys um, that have like, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. And we've always taken it to heart um, and just kind of like, stayed in that al davis way um and in a way i would say just the raiders franchise has been elite in its own like sense like we just we just enjoy ourselves at an elite level and and we and we do good things we love our game days um and we still enjoy these rivals and at some point man like Our time's coming, man. Our time's coming. I'm optimistic. I'll be a little obnoxious. Our time's coming. We're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, hopefully some good things here pretty soon. You know,
1: I can't help but acknowledge, Cody, that you, you took the deep breath before you said your time's coming. So was that a I really do believe it or like I fucking Wishful hope this thinking. happens, That's man. A like, that was
5: uh, I wasn't sure if I'm ready to get into that conversation <laughs> with you guys yet. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. Are we gonna are we gonna you know, I've been here ten minutes, like I guess we're okay, let's go. Let's <laughs> Dive in, baby, just
1: dive in, you know what I mean? Well, I want to get your thoughts on this. What was your initial reaction when the Raiders gave an unprecedented, and I mean unprecedented, contract, 10 years, $100 million to John Gruden? And in your opinion, has Chucky lived up to the the contract so far, two and some change years uh, into that contract?
5: I don't think he'll live up to that contract until he wins the Super Bowl. You know, just kind of like I feel like, even the same way, um, with almost any player that's had like a big extension, like you don't live up to that contract unless you like drive some success to the football team. Um, and I, you know, carry that equal weight with anybody. Uh, so for him, for Derek, for guys like Trent Brown, for guys like LaMarcus Joyner, you see those guys come in like with big contracts, um, until we see, until we see success, like, um, you're just bringing them in for what Jersey sales or because, you know, the fan base likes them. Um, I don't know, it's three years in, whatever this is, and with a 10-year contract, you expect what? To be successful five, right? I mean, you, you half of it you would expect to have you know a successful season. So, I mean, we'll see soon enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the immediate reaction is you go back and you think that was the last time we are in the Super Bowl. So um, there's no way you have a negative reaction to that. In the same breath what's he going to bring to the table and we're watching that now and I don't want to say I'm disappointed but we're going to find out soon with personnel and with maybe some very touchy coaching choices you know because everybody that he's bringing around him uh, even like a defensive coordinator that's been a hot topic right now in Raider Nation that's his choice you know Um, you got to be able to make a coaching coaching change whenever you need to and um, if he doesn't, he sticks with his guys, and you kind of start to question things. But uh, it seems like him and Mayock together have been a pretty good recipe. And we're, you know, we're putting the guys in the right spots. And, you know, had we talked two weeks ago, I'd be sitting here like telling you, like, we're, we're going to beat the brakes off you. You know what I mean? Like, I would have been like all over the top. It, but after two more weeks, you know, we kind of humble ourselves and like, okay, are we going to be able to bounce back or we're going to not? Because um, I think that's like what makes a football team a football team and that's what's separated you guys from a lot of other football teams is you could be getting the brakes beat off you guys for three quarters. Um, but it takes two plays to flip the entire game around and take it over. Um, so I nice. think that's kind of like where we sit for the season is, uh, you know, we played well. Um, then we kind of got humbled and now we're going to see if we can flip this thing back around and, and take control. And unfortunately we got to do that while we're, Playing your stupid Chiefs, but here we are.
4: <laughs> well, you say you say uh, you bring up coaching changes and that which is a possibility and that could definitely help improve the team. But I want to talk about your quarterback. Do you think there's a possible change coming in that if, if Derek Carr is not improving moving forward? Do you think Derek Carr is the guy? He's still a young quarterback, he's, a, he's an efficient, safe quarterback, but do you think he's a guy you can really win with? I mean, with the way our football team is,
5: you can maybe, maybe give three quarterbacks in the nfl that could probably do better right right with this football team like you you know he starts to think like patrick mahomes or like russell wilson or aaron Rodgers, maybe like maybe they come in and and maybe they can win more games but when you're dealing with like the worst defense in the nfl how much can you do um so when you go back and you watch every snap um and what he's trying to do force the football down the field for the first time in a long time i um, seeing him kind of like take chances because yeah I think he's ready to win some football games. Yeah. Um, I've been a big supporter of, of DC just because of the intangibles, uh, just because of the players that we've seen come in and out of the locker room. Uh, I mean, you guys know what it's like whenever you're dysfunctional, like whenever, whenever you're winning four to six games a year, how many football players want to stay there for a long period of time? How many players still want to get on the podium? And say I want to be a Raider for life. How many guys want to go through the media scrutiny and, and, and getting, um, you know, just like drag through the mud and still want to say like, this is my team. This is where I want to be. Um, so like, that's what I look at. And I think he has the IQ, the arm talent. Um, now it's just kind of just putting it together with the rest of the team and making things work. Because even for you guys, you might have a high powered offense, fast offense, a lot of pre-snap motions, um, but your defense is still like kind of sneaky good. Like you have a complete football team. I, you can't really find a weakness. you like, you're getting pressure with like Chris Jones, you're, you're you're getting pressure on the defensive line. Um, you have a good secondary. Um, you have a decent run game now. Of course, getting a rookie running back that's going to revamp things, um, and a quarterback that's mediocre. Right? We're, we're going to get
1: we're going to get to that in just a second. We're going to get to that. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Raider Cody. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and if anybody knows Raider Cody, you're going his work. We we know this guy believes. And Derek Carr, we we've seen we've seen the takes, so it, they're out there. So for, for, for Cody, I'm hoping that Derek Carr can stick around and 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 turn the turn the turn the keys for you guys and try to make something happen with all this. But you're right, man. I mean, it, it all comes down to roster surrounding talent. And speaking of that, uh, I think any casual fan that plays fantasy football understands that you guys do have some budding stars in your offense in particular mm-hmm. with Josh Jacobs, who I love big time. Henry Ruggs, I love that kid coming out of, uh, out, coming out of the college. Uh, and, and Waller, I mean, my, my God, this guy has wow. been a great story, let alone an awesome football player. To see him come out of addiction mm-hmm. and do what he's doing with you guys, that's nothing short of uh, inspiring. Um, but, but I want you, because you're, you're the guy that follows this team so much closer than any of us do. I want you to give us some names or a name in particular of a guy that we need to start paying attention to that isn't getting the attention or recognition that you feel he deserves. Can't say Derek Carr, by the way. You got to give us somebody that's a young a young player that you feel like is really on the rise or has some serious potential that the NFL needs to pay attention to.
5: Hunter Renfro, um, and it's not even just uh, like f- with fans. It's I think it's just with uh, the NFL. Period. He's 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 one of those guys that is just. Um, a pure, hardworking, just dedicated dude that wants to win football games, um, you know, coming out of Clemson, you know, in their championship years. Uh, you look at the dude, he looks like he's going to like adjust my auto insurance or something on the weekends. <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't look like an NFL player. It's something like completely different off the wall. Um, but he goes out there and. You know, he's catching passes, and you know he gets lit up and cracks a rib, punctures his lung. Comes back into he comes back into the game and tries to play through it. Um, that's a guy that, in in my opinion, you'll see like the the, the wide receiver group can break down. Uh, you get into whatever it could be garbage time. It could be like, hey, here's our last ditch effort. Hunter Renfro is going to get the football um, in in those scenarios. Um, so that's a guy that I think is highly underrated. And I would like to see him maybe worked more into the system. He's not the fastest, uh, but he's crafty. He's good with the football and just a pure football player. I mean, we need a punt returner. You throw him back there and he's a punt returner. Uh, kind of like, you know, you look at the like Taysom Hill type players. And, you know, he kind of, I think, falls in line with those guys where he can play a lot of positions. Um, it just depends on the need, um, on how much you use them. But I, to me, Hunter Renfro is the dude, number 13 um I would not be surprised if you see him make like a whoa catch like on Sunday.
1: We I mean, you, you can't talk Raiders without mentioning Al Davis. Uh the legendary yeah. uh late great uh Al Davis, just win baby. Rest that was in peace. That was, that was, he was faithful. You know, he was famous for is, is the the saying mm-hmm. and and how aggressive he was as a as an owner and how vocal he was as an owner. Um having said that, Mark Davis, his son, now the owner um I don't really know how to feel about him. Now, I'm far away from the whole situation, but I want to get your thoughts. Do you think that Mark Davis is carrying on his father's legacy? or What is your opinion on him overall as an owner?
5: I think he's actually changed a little bit, and that's kind of cool. Um, because Al Davis was great, I think, in his time um, and kind of being like a pioneer of the, of the league, being able to bring in, you know, it's like the first whatever uh, Latino quarterback um, bringing in, first Latino head coach, the uh, first uh, African-American head coach, the first female uh, CEO, president of the NFL, like, you know, kind of like making those landmarks. It's like cool to see that. Um, but then like towards the like tail end of his career, there's a lot of Raider fans that are like my age and they see those last few years and you're like, oh, dude, he was, he was the worst. You know, I couldn't wait until someone else like started taking over. And I get it. You kind of get on that last, you know, leg and and you're still like kind of stuck in your ways and you want to try and do things uh, to help your football team win. Uh, To give an example, like Jerry Jones right now, like we see what he's trying to do with his football team. And that's what (laughs) he's kind of like in his own like world, right? (laughs) Jerry's world is literally like, just like, kind of like, okay, what are you doing over there, Jerry? (laughs) And that's kind of where Al Davis was at one point. So seeing Mark Davis come in with a breath of fresh air, bringing in people to, you know, clean up debt, um, and really take this football team from a city and a governor and um, leadership to not even own your stadium, sharing it with the A's. We're sitting in olive green seats, <laughs> not even knowing what we're going to get, um, with no upgrades, and kind of just—I don't even know—like just a disgruntled fan base, like towards you know those last few years to maybe the. I mean, I can probably confidently say the, the sleekest and craziest-looking stadium that we've ever seen in football. And like I said earlier, going into, I would say, an NFL city that could take over literally the NFL as the NFL city, as maybe the hub. Um, being able to make that move for virtually, you know, everyone, like, makes fun of them. I'm like, oh, well, it's paid for by the city. It's like, well, dude, like, if you're in their shoes, yeah. what would you do? Would you rather pay for it or yeah, have freaking right. the city pay for it uh so yeah at that breath it's like well i think he's making some pretty good moves and um he's he's kept the brand still authentic um he's 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 carried on the raider way uh he still loves his alumni his ex-players still treats them well um it's still a very like loving organization so i think he's done it great i don't think he's filling his shoes or taking his place but i think he's creating his own path and still making fans really just as happy
1: well, just for the record, if if I'm I'm just gonna say it, if if that stadium one day just lifted off the ground and shot into space, it wouldn't shock me at all because that damn thing that thing's like a damn spaceship, dude.
5: Or it, if it shrunk down and started sweeping your kitchen, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, yeah, There's so many possibilities for that damn yeah. thing,
1: man. It's it's got to be one of the what are the what are those guys called the um, transformers? It's got to be one of those. Yeah, things, yeah There yeah. ain't no the way Death in hell Star, that man. thing's just a building Star is the in itself. For it. Ain't mean. no way in hell, man. Yeah, but yeah. no, uh, I, I, here's the thing, man. With with this division, the, the Chiefs. Let's just be honest. Over the last several years, they have absolutely dominated this division. And since Peyton, let's not be honest. Let's be less honest. Okay, fair enough. But but in the last last thirty divisional games, the Chiefs are twenty-eight and two. The two losses came on Thursday night football games, I believe. uh, Both last plays of the game. How close do you? Because I know, I know you know, I know you believe that the the Raiders are close and they're getting closer to the Chiefs. And I've heard other beat uh, beat writers for the Raiders say Mm -hmm. these same things and echo these same sentiments. But I want to hear your your opinion. How close are the Raiders
5: to catching up with the Chiefs? Ooh, I mean, we're not gonna be able to find out until Sunday. If if I, I went on my buddy Kenny King's podcast, I pretty much said, if if we go into this, um trying to control the pace and trying to just keep the ball to Patrick Mahomes' hands and see what we can do on the ground, then I think you know we're we're pretty far off. Um if we're a football team that can get out there and say like okay, you guys scored a touchdown. We're going to drive the ball down the field and we're going to score too. If we can kind of fight fire with fire, um, then we'll see. I feel like we kind of have those weapons. We got faster because it's a copycat league. And, of course, you know, we saw you guys – what did we do last year? What what what, what did we? <laughs> no, what, Henry Ruggs definitely. What did helps we end up doing? Speed, I forgot. For sure. did, did, the Chief, <laughs> did
1: the Chiefs make the playoffs last year? What did we do? I, I forgot. Barely. I, anyway, I'm barely sorry. I, I, I'm, There's I'm a, sorry. Barely.
5: There's a formula. Continue, out there. Cody. There's continue. A out there barely. I almost
4: beat the Chiefs. So. <laughs>
5: Barely. Yeah. Barely. Hey, I'm just glad you guys made the playoffs and actually made something out
4: of it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no,
1: <man. laughs> us, us, us too. Can't fight that one, man. It's been, a, it's been a rough one out here. And can't see for the majority of my life. But, but I'm, assu- <laughs> I'm assuming that you. I mean, how many steps do you think? I mean, I know we got to see this game on Sunday. But we've seen the Raiders and the Chiefs in the Mahomes era. And you guys have been building to your credit. You guys have been getting young talent. It, it, but with John Gruden and Derek Carr and the questions between them. I mean, are you guys closer than you were last year or do you feel like you're kind of in that same place and you, you still need a lot of work to do?
5: I think a lot closer. Now it just comes down to health. Like we just kind of like got just poisoned here the last couple of weeks and we're just a completely different football team. We're seeing, uh, you know, a handful of new starters on defense and five, four or five new starters on offense. And that's just going to throw a wrench in your plans. Um, and we're still efficient. We're still close. Um, There's a couple of moments where we just let – you know, we're just careless with the ball and just a few plays and things that Super bowl contending teams don't do. Um, when it comes down to you guys, like, you'll have a close game. You might have a turnover, maybe a turnover, to kind of, like, swing things the opposite direction. Uh, but it's as simple as being able to capitalize on flipping the situation and getting the momentum back uh, your direction. For us, it's like we just haven't been able to keep the momentum in our direction. Uh, we did that Monday Night Football against the Saints we flipped the momentum, started driving down and scoring the football, and we kept it going, and we protected the ball. But the last two weeks, uh, besides a couple iffy referee calls, um, never want to blame the refs, but, you know, they can definitely shift the momentum a little bit. Um, and being a little careless of the football, like, that's that's where we're at. If we clean it up, back to where we were week one and two, I expect a pretty close game on Sunday. Like, I expect us to go out there and compete. Um and then it just comes down to, can we stop the big plays and make a couple of our own to take this thing and, uh, you know, actually push it, you know, to the final seconds um, and make things work? We'll see. But I think that's that's where we're at is just playing good, cleaned up, well-coached football. That's how close we are to actually being, uh, you know, a contender.
1: You, you brought up big plays. Well, big plays can only usually or usually come from big players. Um, you you had some you had a you had a nice little take this week, and uh, I want to mm. I want to I want to give you the platform and the opportunity. But before we give you the platform and the opportunity to respond to said take, I want to play the snippet of said take for our, our viewing audience. Yeah, can we go ahead and drop that line, please?
5: I don't even think Patrick Mahomes is as elite as everybody says. I think he's a little mediocre himself.
4: <sighs>
5: Cody,
1: look, man, look. I, I think you and I could be friends here, okay? But those are fighting <laughs> words, bro. Those are fighting words. Let's go. He's not even just our quarterback. He's the league's quarterback, man. I mean, this is Put the ultimate up. rep. If you were to build Madden style, build a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes is that walking representation of that quarterback. So so I, I'm going to give you the mm-hmm. platform. I'm going to give you the platform. It's all you. You take over the Spoken Podcast. Tell me why Mr. Patrick Mahomes is so overrated and, and mediocre in your opinion.
5: I'll tell you one thing, first of all. You played this very well this entire week. <laughs> Get me on right now. This is, this is prime, prime time right now. This is, this is good <laughs> stuff in, in the podcasting world. And let me tell you one thing. Whenever, whenever it comes to good players is there's those players that you see and you watch them and you hate them. And there, there's players that you hate because they're not, you know, on your team, like when they're good, right? And, he, and, he, and you, you just hate seeing them succeed, especially as, as a division rival. So for me, I watch Patrick Mahomes, and it's like, okay, like the dude's like tearing up the NFL. Well, guess what? The Chiefs are our number one rival. What's that going to do? Is that going to make me happy? Is that going to want to make me say good things about him? No, not at all. It's not because for me, I, I, I come in this as a very biased. I'm not going to like filter things. I don't care what my audience looks like. I'm not going to be a dude that comes in and is. Uh, try to be balanced and give my, you know, analytical opinion and act like I know more than I do. I'm just being I just want to trash talk a little bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just wanna I just want to be a fan that that goes out there and we'll stir it up. And just like I said at the beginning of the show, um a little rival banter for me is very enjoyable. Like I love it. Like if I say something and it's going to piss you off. We're going to create conversation. Like, let's do it. Like, let's freaking go. Like, it's chief week. Let's fight. Like, no, if look. we're just going to go into this game easy, I don't I don't like that. That's not fun to me. So, um, Patrick Mahomes being mediocre. Mediocre was a loose word that I used just to troll. Um, but I will say that he's in a situation, and he, he's a very good – like, right after that clip, if you watch the full thing. Now I we're here for fake
1: very, news. We're just here for yeah, fake news. Yeah.
5: Oh, that's good. Okay, I don't, I don't, never I don't mind. Give the
1: full truth so, here. I just want to make you look only. as bad as possible. All right.
5: <laughs> so never mind. Go back to the narrative. It's not gonna stay driven. Okay, back to stage one. We're in first gear still. No, but really, you know, I'm like, he, he's he's a very good football player. Um, he's very lethal. We got to contain him. Um, in the same breath, it just so happens that he is in a system that perfectly fits him, and it's crazy. Like you watch games where he's like low key dangerous with his legs. Why is he so dangerous with his legs? You'll see him send five wide receivers down the field and your linebackers and secondary are so scared of what they're going to do down down the field. You got 10 yards or 15 yards of open space. If Patrick Mahomes has one Creek to get through that pass rush, I mean, you're guaranteed to pick up a first down every single time. And it's almost nuts that Andy Reid has been able to drop this perfect plan uh, to be able to suit every single talent on that offense. And frankly, yeah, pisses me off. But um, am I still going to talk crap? Yes. Are You you guys still, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like it it just is what it is. Um, and, And it's fun because in the same breath, it's like, I think of it and it's like, no matter what I say, we get into this. Had I not said such an outrageous take. I probably wouldn't be sitting here chopping up football <laughs> with you guys. And for the most part, this is enjoyable for me. Yeah, and like, this yeah. is fun, dude. Like I'm having a good time. Like, I'm glad you guys had me on no yeah. matter what. So Absolutely, bigger than man. football.
1: Oh, this is, sure. this is what it's all about. And I, and I do agree. I think that kind of encapsulated the, the, the motive here, but I mean, I mean, we're, we're going to be honest here, man. You got you got people that pay attention and and you get tr- Chiefs fans triggered. So it only makes sense that we have you come into Kansas oh, City yeah. and come into these people's uh, laptops and phones and TV screens, wherever they're watching this, or their podcasts. We're trying yeah. to introduce you to, to the people out here because we're trying to get you back on here, man. What's up, Gat?
3: Yeah, we've got like literally flooded with comments here, which I think is obviously
1: a lot of a good profanity.
3: Thing. It's nothing but greater. <laughs> I told my story about how I got called ketchup and mustard walking into the. Coliseum, where you guys literally have barbed wire um, (laughs) to escort fans into the the system, which I'm from fucking Kansas, so this shit was fucking stressful. And I'm wearing red and yellow Zuba's pants and be wearing here we are at Felling Field. Like it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. But like. The people are passionate, and that's what I think Kansas City and Oakland can attest to. Uh, I'm sorry, Las Vegas, whatever you want to call it. It's still Oakland. It's still Oakland. Um, You know, whatever you are on either side of it, it's always we can hate the Broncos. (laughs) (laughs) And the Chargers. Yeah, Yeah. the Chargers kind of hang around, you know, but they're eight eight fans.
1: (laughs) All right, Cody, one more question, man, for you. And, again, we do appreciate you being here with us, man, and hopefully we can get you back on when the Chiefs and Raiders uh, play again later in the season. Yeah. You hinted at it. You said a close game, and you got to avoid the big mm-hmm. plays. Who's winning on the Who's winning Sunday, and what's going to be the score? I'm putting you on the spot.
5: That's not a question you want to ask me, bro. Do like, it, I'm, do it, man. I've never never woken up on Sunday. You got to pander. Do it. I, I've never woken up on a Sunday, and you're not going to get any ums or sighs or nothing before my answer.
1: <laughs> no deep, no deep. tell you. Let me
5: get that straight. We'll give
1: you a deep sigh. You get one free deep sigh
5: on this this question. Like that, I so, so here's my thing. Uh, see, I got I had to readjust. I had to sit back in my seat because I'm not sure what's gonna happen right now. Because I've never woken up on game day, and I hope there's I hope there's I need to be a hype guy. I feel like for for the Raiders on Sunday morning because I've never woken up on game day ever doubting a win or a loss. Like we went into last year, I think in the, almost the same breath. Towards the end of the year, we're we're on the on the brinks of playoffs, and we're like. We're going to bounce back. We're going to beat the Chiefs. We're going to get into this thing. This year, we're a little bit more talented, I would say. And there's, you know, we show these flashes where I'm just like, I think we can, we can beat the Chiefs. So if I had to make a prediction right now, it's a high-scoring game. We both score thirty plus. You guys are smirking, and I love it. I absolutely love it. We're trying to hide it, bro. We're trying to hide it. We're trying to pull go it. ahead. <laughs> hey, that's good. I love. I love the, uh, the Raiders
3: fans are representing the comments too. You got some support. You, you got it, man. Right Culture's got to represent. You're well supported.
5: <laughs> I'm telling you, I see a high-scoring game, thirty plus points on each end, um, and I see a shootout, and I say. DC throws on another game-winning drive when we win this thing.
1: All right, there um, it is. We have it on receipts now. I can't wait to revisit. Now, you, and you had three sides, by the way. I give you one free one. You took, two, I take Venmo and Cash App just to let you know. That was right? me
5: going, do I really want to go there? Do I really want to go there? And I'm going there. Like, Let's go.
1: Well, regardless, man, it's going to be a blast to, to see the Chiefs and Raiders back on the field together. Uh, no matter what happens on the field, uh, in the stands, it's always a real thing between us. Nevertheless, though, man, we have nothing but respect. We appreciate yeah, we absolutely. appreciate what you do, man, out there for your guys' uh, fan base because that's what we're trying to be out here as well. So we're, we, we have a mutual respect there and a mutual agreement that we're, we're going to love our teams no matter what, and uh, we try to represent the best way possible, and I think you do an awesome job out there, man, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, again, we would love to have you back uh, when the Chiefs and Raiders play later on in the season. But that's our guy Raider Cody, man. If you have any shout-outs or anything you want to throw out there, I mean, throw out your podcast, throw out your YouTube, man. Dude, go ahead and give us what you got.
5: Yeah, man, raidercody.com to search anything, but I do want to give one last note um, for Chiefs fans, for anyone listening right now, is I went through a a a little spell last year towards the end of the year with my daughter. And I want to give a shout out to to Chiefs Kingdom because uh through all of it, you know, she had like a like 3 or 4 days in the hospital, pretty bad deal. Um and as much banters I get on Twitter It was really cool to see Cheese Kingdom come out and kind of like share their prayers and their thoughts and um, putting things out there and it was cool like it's it, it always is bigger than football um, and there and there's a lot of things like I'll go back and forth all the time like I'll just, you know I mean I'll, I'll say outlandish things um, dunkles and cousin kisser's like we'll, we'll go I mean all down the line right I mean well, we got we'll, I'm we'll sure drop we got all it. the yeah. jokes I'm
1: sure we got hey, we'll, we'll drop them.
5: all the jokes but it's it's like one of those things where we just um, we we do understand it's bigger than football and that's why we we do charity work and stuff like that oh, so wow. it's really cool to see even chief's kingdom um do stuff like that so um shout out to you guys for being um in a sense to me like as a as a stand up fan base um and i'm glad hopefully you guys are you know, enjoying your little run here because it's going to come to an end. I like it.
1: We're, we're going to enjoy it as much as we can because as long as you're taking deep breaths, we know we're winning around here. So it's all right, Cody. We appreciate. And, and in all seriousness, I'm glad to, to hear that your daughter's hopefully doing better and everything. And yes, um, I, mean, I, I would like to believe we have some decent Chiefs fans out here, even if we all have uh, combined three teeth. But uh, nevertheless, man, we, we appreciate you being here, Raider Cody. Uh, absolutely, guys, follow him. Give him, give him some shit. On uh, Twitter, Facebook, he's got it all taken care of, guys. He's the guy to go to. If you have any uh, senseless banner you want to throw at a Raider fan, that is your target right there, The uh, the face of the
5: Raiders, guys. Give it up for our guy, Raider Cody. Thank you so much for being here, man. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys, man. Let's uh, let's get together soon. We got another game coming up. That sounds like an
1: absolute plan. Cannot wait to hear more deep sides from our guy Raider Cody. We're gonna take a quick break, guys. When we get back, we are gonna give you guys our thoughts on the Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, what we think is gonna take place in this game. I cannot wait because this is the week I wait for. I look forward to each and every year. So we'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number, I believe, four, if I'm not mistaken. I'm all kinds of thrown off say? now. We're just, no, yeah. we're just going at it, man, because that was, that was one of the best segments we've had here, man, in this show. Oh, and, it's yeah. beca- and it's because of awesome. how special it was to, to have somebody on here that uh, had to take a deep sigh every time I had to get an honest question, honest answer from <laughs> him for this team you know, in regards to the Chiefs and the Raiders. But nevertheless, we are here in the KCP and studios. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell of the Spoken Podcast, with my guys Trevor Twidwell, good Eddie Ortiz, good, good. and Miss Gad on the ones and twos. We definitely appreciate all the Raiders fans that jumped on in, man, because that's what it's all about. We want we want to have this conversation with you guys in weeks like this because this is what. We're, let's be honest, man. In 2020, we have not had a lot of wins as as sports fans, as people. So yeah. whenever we get to get back to some normalcy, which is to you know talk shit amongst ourselves and keep it at that level, and not get too personal. I, I feel like we're getting back to to what we love, man, and that's what it's all about. And and again, even if it's not necessarily a rivalry on the field. It's always going to be a rivalry between the fans. Yeah. And I really, I sincerely appreciate our guy Raider Cody uh, jumping on and, and giving us his thoughts with the Raiders and giving us some insight on the team that the Chiefs are going to be matching up with. And we're actually going to extend into that now because we got Raider, uh, Raider Cody's thoughts on this matchup and in this game. Uh, I want to I get into this one because, although I know that Raider Cody is very optimistic about his team and they very well could be building a team that could be competing with the Chiefs in the next few years... At this current time, there there is no mistaking about it, guys. These two teams cannot be compared. I know that the Raiders have come off to a a decently good start to start the season. Having said that, injuries even aside, the fact that they are riddled with injuries now, and they have so many young players they're relying on. On the defensive end, for sure. Especially on the defensive end. This matchup is not one that the Raiders can even look at and and take seriously. Now, I don't want to sound arrogant here, but it's going to sound a little arrogant. The Raiders don't have a chance in this game. And the biggest reason why is because of what even Raider Cody was talking about when it comes to avoiding the big plays. The Raiders do not have the personnel to stop big plays. That's just the facts of it. That is just how it's going to go. Because if you look at the back end of the Raiders' defense... You saw what happened last season. And Now, they are more talented this year, but not by much on the defensive side. You saw how easy that second quarter went for the Chiefs in Oakland last season where literally Patrick was just playing chuck and catch with Travis Kelsey, D-Rob, and uh, uh, De- uh, McCole Hardman. I think that one was called back, though, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. for D-Rob a holding penalty.
4: definitely went off.
1: Right. So you saw how easy that was. I, I don't see how that's going to change. Now, I do expect that the Raiders are going to come out and try to attack on the run game immediately. Josh Jacobs, with that big, stout offensive line, they're going to try to punch the Chiefs in the mouth immediately to see what they can get. Yeah. Because if they can get an early rhythm, keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field is ideal. Obviously, you want to keep him on the, off the field as much as humanly possible. But even to Raider, Cody, Raider Cody's point, you feel for three quarters that you've beaten the Chiefs, that you have them on the ropes, and that you're one strong left hook away from knocking them out. And then all of a sudden, three, four plays later, Patrick Mahomes just put up 10 points. And you don't know what the hell just happened. Mm. I see more of that. I, I, I truly believe that the Raiders are going to come in here confident because they know that they're a team on the rise. They at least believe that. But the differences in defenses and the differences in skill position and ultimately the defenses at head coaching and quarterback are going to absolutely pay dividends in this game and i don't want to, I don't mean to shit on the Raiders I don't mean to to, to make this sound like they they're some horrific team because they're not a horrific team anymore they're a team you have to take seriously uh now than they, than they were four or five years ago. Those days are gone right now. I think that they have a decent, respectable team, and the Chiefs need to come in this game respectably and and take this team seriously because, as I said in my opening monologue, the Chiefs are going to have those games where they're not hits. They're not going to look good. They're not going to look inspired. You better believe that this is one of those games where they're going to try and get that number one hit single, if you know what I mean. They're going to try to go out there and make a statement. And there is no coincidence to the Chiefs having a 95-win percentage against the AFC West over the last six seasons, there's no coincidence to that. So, I I, I hate to do this because I would love to make it an interesting topic, an interesting debate, kind of like when we had B.J. Kissel on last week. We talked about the Raiders or the the Patriots with Cam Newton and how that can be an interesting matchup. We talked about the Ravens two weeks ago. I don't find the interest in this other than just having the history between these two teams because the matchup is just not there for the Raiders. And I just, unless the Chiefs beat themselves in this game, I don't even see how this one's close. And to be honest with you, the 12-point the favorite line for the Chiefs might even be a little modest. So Trevor, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
4: Remember that time when Patrick Mahomes had two back-to-back mediocre games? Me neither. <laughs> this is the worst spot for the Raiders, man. The worst. They're coming off a tough loss in a, in a, in a game. They, they tried their hardest to compete with a team that was better than them, and now they're coming in to do the same thing against a team that's even better than that team they faced last time. And now they're, and they're not only facing a team that's better and outright better than everyone in the league right now. They're com- we're coming off a – Patrick Mahomes is coming off a game where he was very upset with himself and is playing with a chip on his shoulder against a divisional foe that he knows he's had major successful and blow-up games against. And I think he, I think he's looking forward to continuing that. Um, this, I think, this offense really wants to come out and every week and show that we're the best in the league. We're the best offense in the league, and I think our defense has that same mentality. And, and quite frankly, put all that aside, put all the the outside narratives aside. Just like you said, just, just focus on the simple talent of the, the the players that are going into this game. Defensively, the Raiders just do not. I mean, I think the Raiders are going to try their best to to mimic what the what the Patriots did, and I think the Raiders might have more. Ta- I think the Raiders have more talent defensively than the Patriots. I think they're going to try to bring uh, try to get pressure with four and do you, you know zone out as much as they can because like I like I was trying to allude like I was alluding to there's there's a formula right there's a formula out there to almost beat Patrick Mahomes almost sometimes every single time he figures it out right so I think I think the Raiders are going to try their best to get pressure with four and try to zone out guys. because if, if they go man, they know they're screwed. There's no way that defense can go man and even remotely hold anyone in our offense, right? So we can go out there McCole, Hardman and, and Travis Kelsey alone and just, just speed. And it just doesn't, there's nothing. Abrams, I mean, they have guys that are... Decent players, but I believe they're without their number one corner that they drafted. Uh, What's his name? Uh, hurt his hand or his shoulder?
1: Oh yeah, he was the guy that was a third round talent. They called. Yeah, he's, but he, he's, he
4: looks good so far. He's yeah, been, he's been. Oh god, a what a name. So I, That's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, no, now. but they're without him. He, I'm pretty sure he's out. Um, Abrams, you never know if he's in or out. He's always. I feel like he's get, gets banged up every game. You know, those are two of their best players out there defensively. Um, I just, I just think this is gonna be. And when he said this is going to be a high-scoring game, I semi-agree I semi with him because I think we're going to go up by so much and there's just going to be garbage time points because we've seen that a couple of times at the Raiders games. Cornerback's Damon Arnett. Arnett, yes. who I like. He's looked, he's looked good on film so far this year. He's, he's, a, he's a good player. Um, but like I said, I think, I think both teams could, could score points. Obviously, where I think we're going to go 30-plus. They can get into the high 20s via garbage time because I think we're going to be up you know, 14, 17 points. Possibly by half, and I think we'll allow some garbage time points that the Raiders tend to do often, you know, to try to play catch up. I mean, we saw this this Raiders team have a nail biter with the Panthers, you know, and they looked they played semi. I mean, I know they beat the Saints. That was a very impressive win, first home game for them. I just, as a Chiefs fan, the product that I know that we get every you know every week, the product that we put on the field, coming off of a, of a ugly, uh, probably the worst game of Patrick Mahomes' career. Coming off of that, and if Patrick Mahomes coming off his worst game as a as a pro is going to want to rebound, and there's no better spot to do that than an Arrowhead against Derek Carr against this Raiders defense, and I just I think it's going to get ugly quick for the Raiders, and we'll score thirty plus, maybe forty plus against this defense.
2: I mean, there's there's not much to add to that, you know. what I mean, like you, you guys touched on all points, but yeah. uh, there's one thing that Raider quoted. Uh, talked about and kind of gave credit to and and that was to Derek Carr no disrespect to Derek Carr but Shaggy Shane make a made a great point about how after that MVP like season uh up until December where he got hurt with that knee with a knee injury I believe it was a knee injury he's just never been the same he he's scared to stay in the pocket or like he, I don't know. He just seems to be scared, and every time he sees like a rush, he kind of just throws the ball away. With but the way the defense, the, the Chiefs' defense is playing, there's no way he can be doing that kind of stuff. We saw last week, uh, this last week's game against the Patriots, where uh, Tyron Matthew caught that ball that was uh, for uh, fuck. What's his name? I mean, old none. I mean, Dalton Edelman. Edelman. Julian Edelman. Yeah, he missed it and. There was a Chiefs player right there to catch it, and you know, like, what was it, three picks? I believe in that game, and, and if Derek Carr those throw those 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 throws that you know, like where he's scary, he just kind of throws the ball away. Yeah, I believe that the Chiefs are just gonna pick him off like crazy if he if he does. Well, especially that if playing. Rashad like, if, Fenton's exactly, continuing his exactly. play, he looked if, great last if, week. If Chris Jones plays and he gets in his face. Where Frank Clark just gets in his face, yeah. it's not gonna be a pretty day. Granted, with Derek this is Clark. one of the best O lines in the league. The Raiders
4: O no, line is legit. Now the,
1: yeah. the 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 different aspect to this matchup than any other matchup in Derek Carr's career, if I'm not mistaken, is this is one of the first times I think this is the earliest the Chiefs have ever faced the Raiders yeah, as Derek you no know, with Derek Carr as their quarterback because yeah. the Chiefs usually get them both games later in the season when it's colder, and we all know that Derek yeah. struggles
2: yeah, exactly. in
1: cold weather. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than he does in the warmer weather. It's going to be about 80 degrees for this game as it currently stands, so there is an interesting factor to that. The only difference is is that I think that you're right, Eddie, in the fact that when the pressure comes, Derek has been the type of guy that not only tries to chuck the ball conservatively to the flats, but he's also a guy that turns the ball over in strip sacks. We saw that against the Bills just this last week, and he literally hands the ball to the Bills player, all because of some pressure. Now, I'm not saying that... I don't know what it's like to be an NFL quarterback. I don't want to act like I know what it's like to handle that type of pressure when you got 6'4", 280-pound men coming at you full blast. I, yeah. At the same time, Derek Carr has been always infamous for uh, trying to ev- uh, 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 evade that pressure while also basically crapping his pants yeah. when that pressure comes. There's, <laughs> You can evade the pressure. That's fine. And you can even try to take the safe route. But there's times where you see Derek Carr... Just. can't even get past his first read. And if he doesn't find his first read, he's. we've seen him on fourth down throw it out of bounds.
4: Yeah.
1: On fourth down. <laughs> or fall like it out the back of
4: the end zone. You know what I'm
1: saying? Like yeah. We've seen this man make mental mistakes against guys like Patrick Mahomes. Again, the Chiefs are 25-1 in the Mahomes era when they hold their opponent to 28 or less. Yeah. In other words, you got to score four to five touchdowns yeah. just to have a chance against Patrick Mahomes. Do they have the type of offense that can do that I, I'm gonna have to disagree with our guy Raider Cody. I don't think that they're gonna be the type of offense that can trade sure. blows with yeah. the Chiefs. I, do, I, think, I do think
4: they're gonna try to stretch the field having and rugs back. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna try early, sure, to try to catch our defense off guard. That's why I said set up the, the yeah. run play yeah. so they can set up the play action. Yeah, now our
2: defense seems sure. to struggle every time against the run early in the game, and then they seem to adjust yes. as, as the game goes. on. Josh out. Jacobs had and, good, had good and, games and against us. We're not going against any just any running back. We're going against. Josh Jacobs, yeah, was one of the best in the league. And one, of, yeah. one of the best O exactly. Yeah, for sure. And so this is going to be a tough matchup in the beginning of the game. They're going to get their, they're probably going to get their points in the beginning, but I think they're going to get to a point where the Chiefs are going to figure them out. Just they're just going to get stuck and they're just not going to be able to go any further. Yeah. So I, I think the the Raiders are just going to go and try and score as many points as they can early to try and like uh, manage the game as the game goes on. Yeah, I highly doubt it will work because uh, the Chiefs' defense has been, you know, like able to adjust as the game goes on, and I, I just don't think that the Raiders have the. I would the say this hard. is this is
4: a, this is the the making of a, a, almost a trap game in a way, but I don't believe in trap games in within the division because you know the division so well, and you know that yeah. especially being not only the best team in the NFL. The, the teams within your division want to, sh, you know, want to show out. The, that's their moment to show out. Yeah, if,
2: if you talk about trap games in the division, the trap game for the Chiefs would be the Chargers. I think that. that I don't, I don't be, believe in trap games within the division. I, 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 honestly, but, but if you if yeah. you to talk about trap game within trap the trap game was last
4: week almost and almost happened. Yeah, but yeah.
2: So it's kind of like those those games that you think you're going to win comfortably, but then it's like what like what the fuck happened? Yeah. To
1: to to the point, uh, we 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 had Shaggy answer the question about the the ongoing trend of Patrick Mahomes struggling against Belichick and his defense in New England. How he's had one touchdown in eight first-half quarters against Belichick. That is a trend. On the flip side, there is another trend that Patrick Mahomes has positively for him, and that is how he's been able to dominate the Raiders. In his four games against the Raiders... The games have not been close. There's been one game that was within a touchdown. That was at the end of the 2018 season when it was 40 to 33. That was a nail biter. I will give it. That however, that was the first game the Chiefs f- played without Kareem Hunt right after he got yeah, yeah. kicked off the team. Yeah.
2: So there was team, a big adjustment and they still distraught.
1: and they still dropped 40 points yeah, without pretty him. Bad so uh-huh, defense. so uh, since then, since then the Chiefs have played the Raiders twice. Uh-huh. It has been close, guys. In these four games, in these four games, the Chiefs have been beating the Raiders by a margin of 22 points per game, and in two of their last three, the Chiefs have won by at least 31 points. I'm telling you, Andy Reid likes to put it on Gruden, right? And and, and so it'd be it one does. thing, it'd be one thing if the if the during this span the Raiders had a bunch of changes. Let's yeah. say they went to Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Let's say they drafted a bunch of great, high-profile defenders that made immediate impact. Let's say they changed co- coaches and they got themselves a better head coach. I can entertain the thought that there would be a difference in this matchup. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately for them, all three of those things are the exact same. So as much as res- as much respect as I want to give the Raiders for building a more respectable team because they have. This isn't a shitty team anymore. Yeah. No. Having said that, they have they have they have drawn the misfortune of playing in the Mahomes era while trying to build and rebuild well, from what they've had in the early 2000s. And that's why
4: I I I made it clear an effort to ask him about Derek Carr because I, I, there's no way Derek Carr is the guy. I just don't see that being, unless they build an all time defense over there. I just don't, you can't trust. I mean, I know he had that one year where he was an MVP candidate and he had like four or five comeback victories that year. And he was very impressive. And if he had a really hot three, hot start in his first three seasons, but I just, there's, I just can't see Gruden winning it. I just don't think he's a Gruden guy for one. I just don't see him as a groom guy. He's just not. Because That's their interesting. They're characters that are two totally different dynamics. That's interesting. Uh, I will say
1: this about the whole Derek Carr thing. I don't want to speak for Raider Cody, but yeah. the sense I've gotten from a lot of Raider fans, and he and, and Raider Cody's is 100% correct. They, when you're one of their own, you are one of their own. They I, love you. I know a lot of Raider and fans that can't stand it, I get though. that. Yeah. Maybe they're looking at it more on the analytical side. I'm looking at it more on the loyalty side. Yeah. Yeah. That guys like oh, Raider, yeah. Guys like Raider Cody love Derek Carr because they drafted this guy. He's been their best. He is their best quarterback in franchise history. Oh, right. I don't care. Anyways, right by right far the best quarterback they've ever had. Maybe Rich he had one MVP run. Yes,
2: know?
1: exactly. And so there's this there's this belief that because in 2016 he played so well, mm. which by the way they had a very easy schedule that year. Uh, right. You didn't have Patrick Mahomes either to deal with in the division. Nevertheless, they went 12 and four that year, and they could have won a playoff game had Derek Carr been healthy. I think they would have beaten that Texans team. To oh, be yeah. honest. Having said that, there is this I, I I hate to say it, but I feel like there's this false sense of of hope with Derek Carr, that he's going to be that 2016 guy again. And I don't believe it's there. Because what Derek Carr is now playing for is his job. And I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people because of his contract. But to Trevor's yeah. point, he isn't John Gruden's guy. John Gruden did not draft Derek Carr. right? Exactly. And to be honest with you, he's not his style of quarterback. And Mayock went and got his guy. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's what I was leading yeah. to. Is We've been talking about this all offseason and going into this, into this week. That Mar- I really believe if Marcus Mariota was healthy, we would be seeing a, a tighter Derek Carr, therefore creating more pressure and expectation for Marcus Mariota to inev- inevitably take Pickle over play. as that quarterback, which I still could see happen this season if Marcus Mariota ends up being healthy sometime this season because yeah. I I don't know who's the better quarterback between those two when healthy. Yeah. So there is a lot of questions when it comes to Derek Carr, and I think it's fair to assess them. So in, in a matchup against the best quarterback, best player in the NFL... Uh, the best team in the NFL, coming off of a, a, a thir- they're on thir- a thirteen game winning streak, haven't lost since last November. I think it's three hundred thirty four days in coming a row. Off
4: his worst game,
1: yeah. Pat's coming off his worst game. That's, yeah. just, that's bad. for me, like, I hate. I know I mean, we probably still have Raider fans watching this right now. We're gonna have Raider fans listening to this. I know this is not what you guys want to hear, but we're just being honest with you guys. Yeah. We, we've seen, we've seen, we all right. As much as you guys watch the Raiders, we stay closely p- attentive to this Chiefs team, and I'm telling you guys. This is, the, this is the recipe that you're going to see. And, and if we're wrong, you guys got the receipts here. You got a whole video full of just laugh tracks because you can just destroy us if, in fact, the Raiders go out there and punch the Chiefs in the mouth and end this winning streak. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm just preparing you. That is not going to happen. It's not going to happen this week. Maybe in a few years with a different quarterback and potentially maybe a different head coach. But in the meantime... This is not the type of game that the Chiefs are going to lose. It's just not going to happen. I don't expect this game to even be that close. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see the Chiefs get an early and often lead. They're going to be punching in, the, punching in touchdowns. You're going to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire be used effectively in this offense. And you're going to see the Chiefs go 5-0 go five five and oh with, with relative ease because, this is, like, like you guys said, this isn't a trap game. Yeah, this, this isn't for multiple reasons, not just because it's a divisional foe, but because it's a team that can beat good teams. Yeah, it's just an unfair
4: head-to-head matchup. This is an unfair head-to-head matchup, man, and that's what it comes down to. It's just we, we outrightly just out-talent this team by a mile and a half. It's just – and I, all respect to the Raiders and the way they've been fighting. They've been in every single – they haven't been blown out this year, and they've faced some good teams, and they've beat the, a good Saints – I think a good Saints team still, you know, so I, they're, they're going to come out and compete. Yeah. I just, I just don't think they match up. Now,
1: now let me let me just ask you guys, just for entertainment purpose here, because we need to give people kind of a, uh, a two different ways of looking at this game. The only, I'm going to ask you guys, but I'll answer real quick. The only way I see the Raiders winning this game, and I said them winning, not beating the Chiefs, <laughs> is if the Chiefs have a game where they come out and they play like the Texans divisional game, mm-hmm. where they have three quick turnovers, two quick three and outs. They look lifeless, they have no hope, and the Raiders go up 21 to nothing. That's the only way, and even in that that's regard, a nightmare scenario, I'm still going right? to say, oh, the right. Chiefs probably got this one. That's a nightmare scenario, right? Yeah. Because then the Raiders can play to their strength, where they can just run Josh Jacobs 38 times.
4: Yeah, run, throw the baller, run, throw the baller, yep.
1: And that works. You yeah, saw man, them do that to the Saints. They totally they, did And they sense. took actually an early lead against the Raiders, and then you saw turnovers happen. You saw the way
4: they got the three and outs on Drew Brees. The defense played actually a but pretty the good Saints game. Are, in that the game. Saints are a team they can get away with doing that against, right? Because the Saints don't beat you over the top. That's exactly my point. At any moment, so I'm even trying. To, I'm even trying to give Raider <laughs> you know fans I like say, some hope here, I, I of like get how it. you can beat get, the Chiefs I get, I get or how it. the Chiefs can give yeah. you a win. Yeah, you but can, even in that, you can do that against Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees. But when you got to keep up with Patrick Mahomes' pace, when he can come on, the, you can own the clock all you want. Like I've said every single week. Well, and, there's, and, there's a formula to almost beat the Chiefs. And, and, Raider,
1: and Raider Cody broke it down for us. Yeah, He talked about how, you know, why is Patrick Mahomes so good on his feet? It's it, He nailed it. You you can tell Raider Cody knows this shit and how it drives him probably fucking crazy mm. is the fact that you, you'll have four or five wide and oh, he, and he sends empty. the horses. Yeah, just they just him. go 30, yeah, yeah. 40 yards downfield yeah. on a third and seven, third and eight. And Pat's like, cool, no one's open. I'm going to just go run this for 18 yards. Like, man, I I even tweeted that out last week. I'm like, man, I can't even imagine how fucking aggravating and irritating that must be to know that there is really no way of stopping the Chiefs offense. The only way they're not going to score points is if they have some sort of mental lapse. Like, that's how great this Chiefs offense is. I don't mean to overpraise here, but it's it's literally like that. You saw the way—and this is why I give them credit against the Patriots— you saw they were like, okay, you know what? Fuck it, let's get a good drive on this one, and they go and score a touchdown, and they created some separation, yeah. and then you saw what happened. The Patriots' offense started to press. Julian Edelman got slick fingers, non-Hall of Famer by the way, and Tyre Matthew <laughs> took one to the house. Game was over. Yeah. So that's the only way, and I'm, I'm giving them, like I said, insane credit here. That's the only way I could see them doing it. It's not going to happen. I apologize to our new Raider listeners and, and viewers, but it's just—it's—it's it's just a week you guys are probably going to want to forget, man. I know you're not because you're loyal to your team, and we love that about you guys. But but you're going to be taking a, a pretty massive L uh, this week against the Chiefs. So, give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear you. What you guys have to think. What you guys think about this matchup before Sunday. Give us your thoughts on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you guys reside, or on the live stream. But uh, we're going to take a quick break because we need to get to our listeners and our viewers and your guys' thoughts, your guys' opinions in the Monday Mailbag. Can't wait to hear what you guys have for us. We're going to get back to that after this.
4: Mail
3: time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here.
4: I can't believe I get to sing this song.
3: Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna, will.
1: Yeah. It is time for the Monday Mailbag. What we'd like to do is each and every week we give our listening audience or rather people in the Facebook group an opportunity on Mondays to uh, fill up the mailbag and give us what they're what they're heated on, what they're discussing, what the debates, the topics in the world of sports and uh, we like to talk about that on this show. You guys give us your questions, and we let you take over the segment uh, each and every week. So, Eddie, what is in the Monday mailbag, my dude?
2: Man, it is a Donny Couch Monday mailbag. Ooh, okay. I say that much dedicated. <laughs> all right. Uh, he begins off by saying, "Hey guys, Eddie, the guy who got voted for uh, off Survivor first." <laughs> <laughs> Lance the knockoff Santa Claus. <laughs> and Trevor the edgy kid in the back of the class. <laughs> I like it. I'm
4: trying to figure out where the fuck he comes up with these. This is great. I want to know what kind of weed he smokes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll take two of them. We'll take two weeds. Two of them. Two weeds. All <laughs> right. So the question is, Could we see the beginning of two studs in Fenton and Ligerius Sneed? Uh, Lord yes. Lord, be- J- Lord Jarius. Lord. Lord
1: Jarius, thank you. Put some speck in my dude's name. Uh, yes, because we're already seeing it. Rashad Fenton has taken a massive step this season. I know he gave up the touchdown against the Pats, and I, I'm going to hold that one against him because he got absolutely baked on that play. But Rashad Fenton has has looked like a a cornerback won this season so a lot of times. Good. He has been absolutely solid. He has been everything the Chiefs could ever hope for. In a player that had such zero that had zero expectations coming into this season, had zero expectations coming into his career. Lord Jarius is to me. I think there's something special about this guy. I don't want to overhype him. I don't want to. Yeah overplay it, but from day one, Lord Jarius has been the answer at corner for the Chiefs. They have not missed Rashad Breeland, and it's been because of him. And now the Chiefs get Rashad Breeland this week. I, I, know, I know our guy Lord Jarius is hurt right now, and he'll be out for a couple more weeks. But when he gets back, you're going to see a secondary the Chiefs have not had in many years. And I could not be more excited. And it's because of those two young bucks and Fenton and Lord Jarius Sneed that are making that possible. So all credit to them. Because Shavarius Ward was the guy I had my eye on. And, And he's been second thought to me. No offense to him. He's been playing fine through his injury, yeah.
4: but these two guys, Fenton and Sneed, are the ones that I've been paying attention well, to. Well, and Traverius Ward's been more quiet because he's the proven one so far right now. The other guys are proving themselves. And when when a corner side is quiet, that's what you want. Right. So Traverius, that means Traverius has been doing his job. Right. And when I said when we previewed the game, the Patriots game last week, I said, I even said it, that I think they're going to try to attack Rashad Fenton. And they were. They were throwing at Fenton all day, and he was holding his ground. I mean, He had a couple plays, obviously, there, but when they're throwing at you that much, there's going to be good and bad. But overall, man, I was super impressed with what I saw. He held his own against an experienced coaching staff, an experienced – not a great quarterback or a good quarterback in the the slightest, but a guy that's been in the game for a while – um, you know, so I, and you know, Belichick knows how to expose your weaknesses, quote unquote weaknesses. And then I think that's what they thought Fenton was and he held his own. He played well. Um, and then obviously Sneed. I think, I think Sneed's going to be our best corner here pretty soon. I think he's going to take over as our number one guy. He looks so good. Um, he knows how to stay in position. He knows how to find the ball. He knows how to be in the right spot at the right time. And that's, you have a corner that can sniff out the and, and, lockdown and sniff out the ball. he's, 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 that's that's the building blocks of an elite corner, and this is this system Spags system is, is breeds good cornerbacks. He knows how to get cornerbacks in in, into successful positioning. So, I, I love it, man. I love that we've 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 taken the adversity head on, having DBs and corners down, um, and now getting our number one guy back. is just got uh, it's it's looking up, man. It's looking up. All right.
2: Next question comes from Donnie Couch again. Uh, you uh, kind of asked. Uh, Shaggy Shane, this question earlier on today, and you know we've we've discussed uh, this question throughout the week at work. Uh, is it possible for the Chiefs to go fifteen and one, or you can possibly say sixteen and zero?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is, and it's starting to look more and more like that, and more and more possible. At least fifteen and one, just because of the fact that it's not just it's not just because the Chiefs are so great. It's not even just because of that factor. It's the fact that if you look at the rest of the schedule. And I, and I don't mean to disrespect any team because it's still very early in the season. The Chiefs are going to have to go out there and find an L after the Bills game. Where but, is it? I mean, because I've never bought into the Bucs. I've never believed them to be a great team. I had them at 9-7 and seven as a wild card team yep. squeaking into the playoffs. And you saw the reasons why last night. They're injury-ridden, <laughs> and they have a 43-year-old quarterback who doesn't know what fucking down it is. <laughs> so... There's, there's a lot to consider there, and if you look at the rest of the schedule, the Chiefs have one of the worst divisions this season. The Broncos are terrible. The Chargers are good but not great. The Raiders are good but not great. That's the best representation you have as a divisional foe. I like our chances. Then you have the Jets and the Panthers, teams like that that just don't have any shot of beating the Chiefs to answer the question, I would be shocked at this point if the Chiefs dropped more than one game this season. Because I'm, as it currently stands, I'm going to stick with my prediction. They dropped that game against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. But the fact that the Chiefs now are going to be the team with more rest coming into that game, it's becoming harder for, and harder for me to hold on to that prediction. But like I said, that's where I'm standing. I'd be shocked if the Chiefs dropped multiple games this season. Something drastic would have to happen.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hope the Bills are undefeated heading into the game with us. I don't want the Bills coming off a loss. You hate, fit, like, just like, you know, it wasn't a loss, but seeing, like, I, like we were talking about Mahomes coming into this game after having possibly his worst game as a starting quarterback in the league, you know, the and I feel bad for the Raiders for that. Um, same as that. I, don't, I just don't want to sit, face the Bills, them coming off, a, you know, a loss, and, and, you know, Josh Allen having to, you know, find himself again and play with that chip because that's a dangerous team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, outside yeah, of that, I'll- man, I, I don't – I think the Saints will be a competitive game. I really do. I think that's a good defense still. I think, they, I think they're so well coached. They're always competitive. The Saints are rarely ever just completely out of a game. They're always in every game for the most part. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, just, it's, it's hard to fathom a loss right now, though. I mean, even, even in our shitty games, like last week, we still win them. And that's that's, what, that's you know trying what I mean?
1: to stay level-headed too. We're right. not
4: trying to sit here and say like they're just going to blow yeah, through I'm everybody. not being uh, arrogant. I'm not being just, a, I'm not being biased. I'm being rational. Yeah, look at this rationally... like, who is
1: going to beat the Chiefs for four quarters? Right, right. Like, it, I, yeah, it's not there. It's yeah. just not there. So, so they're going to have to find it now. The Chiefs are going to have to go out there and absolutely lay a shit brick. And it's going to be against the bad team. It's going
4: to be them beating themselves. Yes. I don't. I don't see a team outright beating us. It's just. I, it's not happening. Yeah, I right. don't. I mean, after after the Ravens game, the way we took care of that, like. I'm convinced that it's going to have to be us, you know, dismantling ourselves.
2: Man, I'm reading a comment from here It says, "Don't let this po- podcast distract you from the fact that Jamarcus Russell is undefeated in Arrowhead." What?
3: A I think Jamarcus
1: thing. Russell actually uh, picked up my car for me the other day at Enterprise. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Congratulations on Jamarcus Russell's one victory in Kansas hey, City. But he's undefeated. Yeah. Do you
3: remember that picture of him getting off of his private jet in the four length like fur coat? Uh, after he got that big deal, because
1: that was like my Skype photo yep. for like 10 years. Yeah. It I was s- incredible. I sent, uh, I sent Jamarcus Russell the other day, I sent him some video um, about our podcast and said, if you watch this and analyze it, I'd really appreciate it. And um, he said that it went great, but what's funny is that I didn't have anything on the footage. Oh, wait, that, no, that was one of his coaches.
4: My there, there bad. Some... You guys remember the last time the Raiders beat us five years ago? Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah.
1: They got us, man. They got us. The, I will admit, they they got us a little cooked. It's all right, guys. Just just wait till Sunday. Stick with Triggering.
3: us. Stick with us. We we
1: we appreciate your contribution to the show. Man, last got
2: treasure.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was like a that was like a five. It was yeah, a five. Was not on the
3: triggers. Yeah, it was it, it, was, was, it was a hands, well.
1: it was handsomely triggered. It yeah. wasn't How like you know Miami ugly. Event. It was there. It you, was there. Know, you guys, when you start seeing the, the the fists, that's when you know it gets you know yeah. to the point where Ron Swanson has to
2: make an appearance. <laughs> and, uh,
3: Joseph Stalin really liked
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Schrute.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. All right, next question. Could the Chiefs have the best pass defense in the NFL, and, and could they also have a top-ten defense?
1: Yes and yes. Um, a lot of it has to do... Now, are we talking, like, statistically, or are we talking about just straight-up the best? Because yeah. I, I don't know if the Chiefs have the best as far as just raw talent and overall performance, but I do think statistically they're going to have... They already do. I think that's number two in pass defense this season with that considered the chiefs have a lot of duds at quarterback coming up so those numbers are only going to help now to that point on the flip side of that the chiefs played very well against Deshaun Watson only allowing 20 points and i think what 14 of the, or was it 13 of those were garbage time points yeah. and then they did even better against Lamar Jackson who was the mvp of the last season holding him under 100 passing yards at his house so there has to be credit, due, And I think that segues into my point about the top 10 defense. I'm giving Trevor all the credit in the world on this one because I said the Chiefs are going to be the 12th, 13th, 14th best defense this season. Trevor said top 5 to 10.
4: I said top 8.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah. yeah, I think at this defense is without question a top 5 to 10 defense. It's the, Eventually, you have to give a, te- a, 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 a a squad credit for what they've done, so. no matter who their competition is. You have to say they have played at an elite level. I can't sit here and name you five defenses better than the Chiefs' defense. There are better defenses. The Steelers' defense, without question, is better than the Chiefs' defense, and, in my opinion. Bills and Colts. Bills or, flirt with it. The, the Colts have gotten better over time, but they've Colts, had a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, I will yeah, say that. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, I'm going to give them credit. Yeah. I would take the Chiefs' defense over the Colts. I would eventually... I would have to... I, I would. It would be a tie between us and the Bills. I would end up taking the Chiefs because I think they have better playmakers on defense. But the Steelers, with that question to me, is the best defense in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. I'm not putting the, I'm not putting the Chiefs' defense over them. But th- having said that, I like I said, I only named three defenses that I can even put in the same category as the Chiefs right town-wise, now. So well,
4: talent-wise, I, I still think the Browns should be touted as one of the better defenses too. I know they give up some points, but talent-wise, the Browns is definitely up there too. They got players in every position. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely. You already know how I feel about our defense. The one healthy, and then once Willie Gay comes into his own. I think – I mean, because our linebackers are our only real soft spot of our defense. Yeah. So, outside of that, with the linebackers being playing as pretty bad as they possibly could, and still, you know, our defense holding everyone 20 points and lower, I'll take it, man. Against two of the best quarterbacks already we've faced, I think we're we're only trending upward. And the way we got better last year and the way our defense progressed and started off pretty slow last year – and they got better as the year goes on. I mean, we've already started off pretty strong this year, and I expect us to move on and build upon that. So, yeah. all right.
2: Next question: uh, Is Steve Spagnuolo the best defensive coordinator at adjusting his game plan, besides Bill Belichick?
1: Um, to my knowledge, I would say he's one of the best. It's it's hard for me to, to sit here and and break down defensive coordinators across the league because I, I honestly don't follow them that closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will make the point that Steve Spagnuolo has done things unlike any other chief's defensive coordinator has in, in my lifetime where he sees the way an offense is attacking them and he's not afraid to say, "You know what? We had this game plan, it's not working. Let's flip this shit." Because what we had previous to uh, uh Spagnolo with Bob Sutton was the complete opposite where he's like, "No, we're going to make this work no matter how bad they're fucking beating our defense. We're going to we're going to make this work." You can't do that in this league. That's how you get yourself fired. And if it wasn't for Andy Reid's goodness and kind heart, Bob Sutton would have got fired after his second season as the Chiefs' defensive coordinator, after giving up that choke job in Indianapolis. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going to say that Spagnolo, outside of Bill Belichick, is the de- defensive coordinator that I would want the most after seeing what he's done here in Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going
4: to say yes. I'm going to say Spags. I mean, as far as like the obvious adjustments that. Improve. I mean, we've seen him, we've seen him do it in big games and in the playoffs too, in the Super Bowl too. You know, we've we we're we we're getting shredded defensively, and we we make the proper adjustments. And a lot of times, Belichick Belichick doesn't even adjust his defense. A lot of times, he, he he comes in with a game plan that's so good, and they just carry on with it, and they shut down most everybody's number one weapon or number two weapon, or he find a way to silence them both. He's so good at that. And he usually sticks to it, and he comes in with a game plan that almost always works defensively. So he doesn't have to adjust much. But we've seen him. You know, like in the Atlanta Super Bowl when that Atlanta was stomping him and he adjusted and shut that Atlanta offense down that second half. So he he obviously Belichick is the mastermind on defense you want, but Spags in my mind, I don't I don't I don't know outside of Belichick who's better right now. So yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I think he is the best up there with Belichick.
2: All right, that's kind of looking ahead. I don't know if you guys want to answer this question. It's kind of it's asking, what do you think the Chiefs will be favored against the Jets, and will Adam Gase be gone by then?
1: Believe it or not, I think Adam Gase is going to still have his job uh, by that game. And to be honest with you, I kind of hope that he does have his job because I would like to see the Chiefs embarrass him uh, in Kansas City because he got he got his job because of Peyton Manning's dominance uh, in, in Denver. And I think that that's the only reason he's gotten his job. Look, man, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not Mr. Point Spread guy here. If that game is under 20 points in the money line, if, if, if it's under 20 points... I I would be absolutely beside myself. I think the Chiefs are easily a
4: three touchdown favorite against the Jets, and that's putting it modestly. So. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that game because it's just going to be. That's talk about lopsided. That might be the, the most lopsided game of the year because the Jets are obviously the worst team in football right now.
2: So talk about ghosts. That's where he's going to see yeah, ghosts for real. Yeah. All right. Trap oh. game. <laughs> Uh, with Juan Thornhill looking better and better each game, could he make a Pro Bowl this year? Yeah. Uh,
1: Juan Thornhill is not, I don't think, just in the play for that. I think he's on a, on a trajectory to uh, really put himself and establish himself as an All-Pro. Uh, I know that's high praise, but the fact is this guy, it, it's hard-pressed to find safeties right now across the league that are better than him. Now, there are better safeties than him. Harrison Smith up in, in, in Minnesota. I mean, Tyron Matthew on his own team. Like, there are guys better than him. But if Juan Thornhill continues to make plays like he has by getting interceptions and blowing up uh, plays, deflecting passes, on a team like the Chiefs that are getting a ton of national attention, he's only putting himself in the in the limelight even further. And and, and to be honest with you, he could really put himself uh, as a candidate for a Comeback Player of the Year yeah. with tearing his ACL late in the season. I know it was late in the season. He missed the entire playoffs. So for him to come back and add to this defense the way he has... You, you can't ignore
4: it, yeah he he should definitely be a candidate he he started off rough the first couple of games, but he started looking like he's coming back into his own because um, he was obviously he looked great last year and playing alongside tyron matthew and, and being in this system it's a it's a gold mine for him mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a, it's this system is specified to bring guys like that up you know and breed those kind of guys so i mean yeah is it a possibility he can be a pro bowler for sure I think there's a lot I think they're gonna have a lot of pro bowlers on this Chiefs defense because I think we have it's a star-studded defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. It's definitely within reality that he can become that for sure. All
2: right. Last question for the Monday Mailbag: uh, Has Taco Taco Charlton impressed you all with how he's been playing?
1: But without question, uh, he was. It? He was. This was his last effort to save his NFL career. Yep. Um, there was zero expectation with Taco. He's talented as hell. Everybody knows that, but he could not find. It in him to put any type of consistent attack. He could not get to the quarterback. He had tons of problems with that. And he came into Kansas City, like I said, with zero expectation. And he's bowled out. He's been insanely good. And I, I love what I've seen from Taco. And he is only a further example of what Brett Veach does. And I don't want to veer off to Brett Veach, but to get guys that are on their last leg in the NFL and they're almost like these outcasts at this point to come in here and play a significant role. That, that is what this Chiefs team's all about, man. And, and, and I think he's found his groove. And obviously, him and Frank Clark are best buds. You know, they played in college together. Yeah. So there's a, there's a camaraderie there. He's comfortable in Kansas City. He's on a great team. So, you know, he's motivated to stay and contribute. I loved what I saw from him last week, and I expect more of that.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that graphic that they compared Demarcus Lawrence to Tacos. Oh, I did see that. You see that? Yes. I, I forget what show it was on. I think it might have been First Things First. I don't remember what show it was on, but there was a graphic on uh, one of the TV shows. I saw it on, on Instagram. I can't remember what it, was, what it was on, but they compared Demarcus Lawrence's stats to Taco so far this year. And Taco has, I think, two sacks, two or three sacks already this year. Demarcus Lawrence has zero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that was the guy that, that Dallas paid. Taco's, Interesting. Yeah, it's, yo, yeah, I mean, he, Taco has more pressures and sacks mm-hmm. than Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence has zero sacks so far. I will year. say, in, in Demarcus Lawrence's
1: defense, Taco's got a lot more talent around him on the no, defensive no, no, no. side. But, you know, I mean, so the guy is one of the highest-paid
4: players in the league. Absolutely. Zero sacks in four weeks? Like, that's – come on, man. But, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, it's this is this is one of those Veech signings, dude. This is one of those things that you bring a guy in the, that nobody else really wanted to bring in or that he was kind of like on his last footing to make a name for himself or to finish his career. Um, so, yeah. I mean, having a, the no-name star guys like – come in and, and, and produce, like the Mike Pinnells, you know, and the Tacos. Those kind of, those are the kind of guys you want on your team because they have a chip on their shoulder, and they they know their role. They want to contribute, and they're doing well at contributing tr- contributing that into their role. So, yeah, this is I, – I mean, I, as a Chiefs fan, you can't be more stoked for the guy. So, yeah, love yeah.
3: it. We had a, a lot of questions going on during um, Raider Cody's segment. Uh, just a couple – Does KC fans realize we gave them almost 40 year catch up period and we still have more Super Bowls? Uh, What's it like knowing 90% of your fans were wearing Brady jerseys last year? Um, There's a lot of them, especially about ketchup and mustard, because I did have that one. Do y'all hate Larry Johnson too? Um, you pipe in viewers here like you pipe in crowd noise at Arrowhead. This is so much fun. <laughs> uh, they were just like kings of talking Raider shit. Raider fans got time. Uh, I love but, it. What year is the Volkswagen windshield Josh that Andy Reid wears I see that every right week? Yeah, Josh Allen over Mahomes Like, they just like continue. I like it. I love uh, it. Thank and you guys. So you guys had a very loaded Monday mailbag to get to with these questions. Did you feel like addressing any of these? Or uh,
1: actually... I'm going to actually let the Raiders fans have a win tonight because they're not going to have one on Sunday. <laughs> so you guys kill it, crush it. We'll let you guys. We'll hold the L in the, in the, in the, in the chat, uh, the live streams. You guys have come out and brought your best. Uh, unfortunately, your team's not going to be able to do that. You tried. Uh, yeah, you guys are probably going to have a better performance tonight on our live stream than your team's going to on Sunday. Yeah. So we thank you guys for bringing Appreciate the Appreciate that competitive edge the uh, chat. You guys are the Patrick Mahomes of live stream comments. So, congratulations, man. You guys are finally elite. That's awesome. So, thank you guys. Seriously, I, pr- I really do appreciate it. And our guy, Raider Cody, absolutely crushed it. I, th- I loved his awesome. candid, honest responses. Man, that was awesome. And we will have him back uh, on this show uh, when the Chiefs do face the Raiders later on in the season. Thank you all for the Monday mailbag. We could not thank you guys enough for that one. Every single week, or I should just praise Donnie Couch for this one. What's up, Eddie? Just
2: one question I want to just oh, here ask we go. you guys. Since there was no 80-hour today, so... Do it. But I was yeah, just thinking a question: Will Chris Jones play or be rested this weekend? What, uh, like, what would you do? My
1: my instincts is he plays. Uh, played,
4: yeah, he I, practiced in full today. Yeah,
1: so. he played. He practiced full. Now, will he be on a snap count? Probably. I think that they're because just because, like I said, the matchup, I don't expect this game to be very close. Uh, if the Chiefs are up twenty points, I can't imagine Chris Jones is out there still taking snaps because they know they have a big game against the Bills and they're going to need him. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I fully anticipate Chris is going to play. I I just don't know how much that that's the question that you know we should be looking at right now because I don't, I don't really know if he's going to play the whole game you know yeah. but when it's groin injuries you got to be very sensitive with that
4: we'll pull him out after he gets his third sack on Carr there and then there we go no I'm just saying, that's that's like that's a tough offensive line I'll give them credit for that but um no I think I think he definitely plays and I don't see I mean I don't see why he wouldn't he would I, knowing Chris Jones he's going to want to be out there every step. sure so I don't. Barring, I mean, barring his health, no matter where he's, I mean, I know he practiced in full today. So if you practice in full on a Friday, you're good to go. You know, a, you know, practicing half, half, of the Thursday practice or taking the Thursday off, you know, is what most veterans do. Sure. And you practice on full on Friday, you're usually good to go. So I expect Chris Jones to play the full game. All right. Yeah. Good
1: question. That, that was good Eddie hour, too. We got a little Monday mailbag and some Eddie hour at the same time. Ain't a, ain't a bad night. It's been a hell of a show. We got one more order of business. And I hope you guys are ready because it should be fun. Guys, what's it called again? Hold this L! I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. The who,
4: the her.
1: I'm talking like Caps Lock L-L-L-L-L-L-L. L-L-Cool Jason. Hold J-style. that L.
4: <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh, <my>. pulsating <laughs> L.
5: Man, you are one pathetic loser.
4: You ignorant bastard.
5: <laughs>
0: wow, that was great. Oh, hold Hold so- this
1: L. It is time to hold this L each and every week. What we like to do is give some friendly, maybe some unfriendly L's in the world of sports. But we promise you guys, whoever gets the L from us definitely deserves it. Eddie Ortiz, who is holding the L for you this week and why is it F1? Let's go.
2: <laughs> it is not F1. Holy <laughs> shit, it's not F1. It's not F1, unfortunately. Damn. Uh, there was no FP1 today. I'm effing surprised. Uh, <laughs> F. It was, F. Uh, huh. You know, rain had to do with some <laughs> with that, uh, but... My L's going to have to go to Tom Brady, man. Mm. <laughs> tell, us right. why, tell, tell us why, Eddie. Tell us why. I'm I'm sure, can we please specify on this? I'm sure everybody saw the I don't know what you're talking buds, about. Uh, yeah. Dude, last drive of the game uh, to potentially win the game. Since they were down by one, all they had to do was get into field goal range, win the game, go home with the victory. What does Tom Brady do? Uh, I believe they run the ball. He throws three straight incomplete passes. And then he does not want to leave the field, and everybody's confused, no. even his own team. No, and he's looking at the refs holding four fingers up, saying, "It's four down." It's that four was fourth down. down,
4: yeah. Four. It was four or five downs, right? We got one four more. Down.
2: It was like, "No, Tom." It, it,
1: it, it, <laughs> <laughs> is that how they told him? Was, no, Tom it's,
2: it's, Thomas, it's, 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 Thomas. Tom, your diapers. Thomas, do it you it want it, to go to timeout again? Yeah. It, it, it is first down, uh, big Dick, uh, big Dick Nick. So. With that being said, Tom Brady, you're going to have to hold this L. L.
4: Trevor Toodle, who's holding the L for you this week? I had one planned, but I'm going to go ahead and give this one to, uh, to Raider Cody for that, oh. for that prediction. Oh, that's um, soon. Okay. I have to. I have to. Okay. You just, you, just uh, you know, I appreciate the confidence as a fan. I've, I've, been, a, I've been a confident, um, a biased, confident fan to some shitty teams in my life, too. Uh, I've been there. I know you feel, um, especially when you know. There's a juggernaut above you that you have no chance against um, on a consistent basis. So, just, you know, the fact that, you know, you you come out there with the Raiders expecting them to put up points against the Chiefs. Just, I mean, outside of garbage time, I just don't see it happening. So, Bob, this is is me being a confident Chiefs team. (laughs) If you want to be a confident Raiders fan, I can only imagine the confidence I should be feeling right now. So, you know, Raider Cody, my buddy. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was great having you. You're always welcome back. But with that bias prediction, the admitted bias prediction, <laughs> I'm just preparing you for Sunday, buddy. So go ahead and do me a favor. Do us a favor. Hold this L. L. Sorry,
1: Raider Cody, man. We love you. But yep. you're going you're to have to yep. take that one, yep. man. Yep. You guys are killing it on the live stream. So, so take Prepare. that W at the same time. That's, that's why I did it because I wanted to rile them up even more. Look, my, mine is short and sweet. The Houston Texans allowed Bill O'Brien to run their organization for years. I know that they had won some divisions here and there and got to the playoffs and, 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 and were a respectable franchise while he was there. But my God, you, you can't allow a man to trade the best wide receiver in the league in his prime while having one of the best quarterbacks in his prime... <laughs> And then disgrace your organization by, you know, trying to uh, cause division amongst your locker room, and then take a, a, even further behind that, having a 24 point lead in a playoff game and end up losing by 20. You let that guy make all these decisions, wreck your salary cap, wreck your roster, and then you fire him. I would, I'd like to give this one to Bill O'Brien. I'm actually going to give this one to the Texans because they let this happen on their late. watch. Yep. They allowed this. Not Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien just tried to do his job. You guys let this guy not only be your head coach, which he wasn't capable of doing right, but also be your GM. Sorry, guys. You had expectations. I was the only one on the show that didn't have you guys doing anything. We had Ron The Show Hughley from Houston on the show expecting big things. You guys have been disappointing everybody and we're a month into the season. Houston Texans... Do me a favor and hold, hold this L. Out. Thank you so much. I keep sinking. All right, <laughs> this show was nothing short of fun, and I'm 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 serious. I keep sinking in this damn chair. We're gonna these these are the these are the fun things of uh, having a live show. Sometimes you have to work around it, but nevertheless, our guy Shaggy Shane, the OG Chiefs fan, our guy Raider Cody coming on was nothing short of fun, man, and I, and I hope all of our podcasters, although you didn't get to see the conversation, I hope that the conversation in audio form was the equal experience because it's been nothing short of an absolute blast. I believe our, our lady Gad has one thing she wants to say. Is that correct? Oh,
3: yeah. I just want to say shout-out to everyone. Uh, it's not really Hold This L by any means, but shout-out to all those basement creators and all those rec room podcasters, all those living room people. Who knows? Garages, maybe. There's some people that have done podcasts in garages that are just, uh, you know, making their voices heard and doing their thing during the pandemic, where a lot of people have shut down their doors. We are opening them, and I think that's great. We've got a mobile app now, KCPN on the iOS store. We don't really cater to Android, but it's coming out too. So just hold your horses. But yeah, that's all I really want to say. Absolutely. Is just uh, everyone keep up the great work. We've got a couple additions joining the network next week too. So just stay tuned.
1: Absolutely. KCPN is doing things, guys. We're all about the hustle here, man. We're all about the hustle. We, mm-hmm. we love everybody that's a part of it, that contributes to it. From the Monday Mailbaggers to our live streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, our OGs. Man, they've been here since day one with us and all of our new people. I feel like we get new ones every single week and we love that. And so we want to thank you guys. You guys are the reason we do this. You guys are the reason that make this makes us fun. And we are definitely looking forward to football this Sunday. We cannot wait to talk about what took place in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. And we cannot wait to talk about that Bills matchup because that's going to be a fun one for sure. But in the meantime, for Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, for Trevor Twidwell, for Gat, for Raider Cody, for Shaggy Shane, I am Lance Twidwell, letting you guys know that episode 85 of the Spoken Podcast is done. We out of this, bitch. You guys have a great weekend.
5: Bye.